Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. Today we are doing Psycho Party Planner. I have Fox here. She is a nacho expert. She's in Western Mass, which I didn't... I mean, honestly, Fox and I are just getting to know each other. This is a brand new thing for us. Thanks for coming on. Hey, anytime. Thanks for allowing general, normal weirdos like me to come talk to you about sick Lifetime movies. (laughs) Well, as much as I enjoy... Like my guests that are already my friends, I love this time because I always think that people who sometimes make the best podcast guests are not people who are on the circuit, so to speak. So I'm really glad that you're here. What do you do, Fox? What's your what's your job? Oh, well, my job is like really, really super boring. I just work in a warehouse for a website, packing stuff into boxes. I work in the shipping department, but um, I like to dance. I'm a pole dancer in my spare time. Um, so that's shut cool. up. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> that is so cool. Oh my god! Wait, I have a question for you. Do stripper poles rotate? Uh, mine does. Um, you can buy them that are fully just static, but mine is. Uh, it can do either. Okay, because we were recording. Um, we do a Patreon only quarantine podcast called Quarantinis, and we were recording yesterday, and some fact came up that. Apparently, stripper poles rotate, and both Nicole and I were mind blown by this because <laughs> earlier in in um, quarantine, we covered polyamory, married and dating, which is my favorite show. And um, season two, there's a pole dance instructor who Word. also was on Home Improvement. She played Zachary Ty Bryan's girlfriend in some of the earlier seasons. So it was he was the older. Yeah, he was the oldest one. It was a real um, full circle moment. I didn't expect coming. Um, but yeah, she owned a, a pole dancing studio called Be Spun. And I always pass it in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. But um, <laughs> yeah, her poles definitely did not rotate. So this is all news to me. Um, and I love that it's Be Spun and her poles don't spin. I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know what? Good point. Great point. Um Okay, so today's movie is Psycho Party Planner. This is a 2020 movie. Um, Let me look up the IMDb. I feel like today is like a good relaxed episode because this movie doesn't put a lot of pressure on you. Like both of us were kind of like, okay, like um, I feel like we only need to watch this once because it's pretty straightforward, um, as you said. Yeah, like... (laughs) And, um, you know, it, it's, there's some common themes that have come up during these quarantine episodes. There is, um, adoption, which that was a big theme in our last episode. Um, you know, a lot of like, you kind of feel bad for everyone. I think that that's definitely here as well. Like deep emotional stuff. Like it's not like it's not, it is dramatic, but it's not like. like twists and turns dramatic it's just like heavy (laughs) 
Yeah, totally. And it's also some really like cartoonish performances. There's a lot of moments when I was watching this where I was just like, oh, wow, that's like a choice. Um, And I always blame that sort of on tone. Like these movies are part campy and Lifetime, I think, especially like in their recent marketing, they've become very self-aware that they are this place that people go to watch movies where people are overly dramatic and the plots are crazy and the actions of the characters on the screen don't make any sense. I feel like Lifetime in their advertising has been acknowledging that a lot. So um, I, I don't know. Like, I hope they don't lean too much into that branding, even though that is what we love about it. Because what I love about Lifetime movies is like, sort of the lack of self-consciousness they have and if they are feeding too much into what I think the fans really like um, I think I think the movies will suffer overall and that just like sort of tone that like disconnection about tone whether or not this was campy or whether or not this was supposed to be emotional was a little muddied for me in this movie it, like, it totally could have been campy or i was kind of expecting it to be like super over the top and there were moments that i feel like they missed where they could have done something really they could have made a choice that was weird and they didn't <laughs> Yeah, like that's the thing is like sometimes things are played very realistically and then sometimes they're just really over the top. And, you know, with the time limitations of a movie like this, obviously they're going to go for over the top spikes because there isn't a lot of time to like lay in nuance and also not a lot of budget for a lot of the things that make movies more suspenseful and dramatic. Um, But yeah, I don't know. With a name like Psycho Party Planner and we... We um, also considered doing a movie called My Mother's Split Personalities. And I would like to get audience feedback on (laughs) the title of that movie because I've been avoiding it simply because I feel like split personalities is um, an outdated term to my knowledge. And like it's very like, I think, derogatory to people that struggle with that. But at the same time, like, is it my fault that Lifetime yeah. called the movie that? Isn't it maybe interesting that Lifetime called the movie that? Well, they're like throwing Psycho around too. Like, it's like, like, well, well, yeah. I mean, well, this woman, I mean, come on. But like, <laughs> well, that's the thing too, is like, I, I, I used to use that word and I think I still, I think I still do use yeah, it. Literally. We all do. It's bad, but we all do it probably. <laughs> But I probably wouldn't put it in a movie title. And they really leaned into Psycho. I kind of am over the at 17, the Psycho blank, the, you know. um, Titles are just impossible to sort through. It's like, have I seen this or have I not seen this? I can't even tell. See, that's the other thing is like, it's difficult to differentiate between movies. I mean, we did Psycho BFF like a few weeks ago. There's so many psychos when you go on to the um, Lifetime Movie Club. So it's kind of a lot. And I think also it sort of cheapens the vibe of the movie. Um, And, you know, to give Lifetime some credit, they might watch the movie and go, okay, this didn't really turn out exactly how we thought it would, but this might be good for our psycho series because it's just so (laughs) over the top. Your psycho series. Is that what's with the alternate titles? Do you think do they just like change their minds once the movies are done? Like, I do think that it's like a marketing move for sure. I think that they either come up with splashier titles in post or when they start airing something versus when they... Because like the original title of this was just The Party Planner. 
And I think they wanted to stick psycho party planner in there. So it would go along with the psycho theme, which is probably part of like psycho month or whatever. Like they, <laughs> they probably do like psycho Sunday, if I had to guess. Um, oh <laughs> I, for someone who does a podcast about lifetime movies, am like not necessarily super familiar with like a lot of the movie blocks that they do right now. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm assuming that they have something similar to that. So that's why, like, you know, they chose to use that title. Um, but yeah, yeah like, so I don't this- even see the advertising because I'm just on internet TV. Like I don't have cable or anything. So I'm like, I'm fully in the dark on all of that. But <laughs> I you know, I think I only know the commercials. Well, I think there probably have been some movies that I've watched live recently, but um more than that, um, I think they run them maybe on the Lifetime Movie Club app or something before movies. I'm not sure. Um, but our lead, Kayla Anderson, this was um, the last movie she had come out. She has some movies um, that are waiting to come out. Uh, Charlie's Christmas Wish is completed. Also, 420 the movie, Mary and Jane, is completed. Um okay. what- what is 420 the movie Mary and Jane? Good question. Is that a Netflix movie or a or an actual like what are we doing with movies now? Like I don't know. I mean that's that is a bigger question for sure. I have no idea. I'm more worried um, about TV myself than movies, but that's just perfect. I hope that like they don't hold on to too many movies right now. I feel like it's it's such a short-sighted business move because um there's just, I mean, so many people are at home. Yeah. But maybe that, that like commercial box office moment is worth it for people. But like, I just don't know if there's anywhere in the country where enough people will, like, no one's going to go see like Avengers on opening night right now. Like, I mean, that might be actually the exact movie that people go to see because it's right. Those people, not, no offense to people who like the Avengers a lot, but you know what, I, you know, you might know what I'm saying. America, like yeah. like the average population. Totally. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I was just thinking of like opening night, but you're right. No, you're totally right. That would not stop someone who cares that much. And then Lindy Shores, who, um, spoiler alert, is the bad guy in this movie. She's played by someone named Katrina Begin. Um, and she seems familiar. I almost I feel like I must have done a movie with her previously because her profile although i had never clicked on her name her profile looks very familiar um it seems like she does a fair amount of tv movies um she reminds me she's like a a dark Kristen bell totally and she has a little um jennifer aniston in certain scenes like facially oh Oh, yeah wow oh jennifer aniston is like one of my favorite human beings (laughs) really yes (laughs) She's so funny and so amazing and so brilliant. <laughs> she's, I think she's very charming. Like, I feel like who, like, it takes a special person to not have any sort of affection towards Jennifer Aniston. Or I feel like she also was very hateable to a lot of people from her generation. Cause she's also someone who's like been in our lives pretty much our whole lives. So, oh, yeah. And like, you know, Friends was just so popping. Everyone has to have an opinion about Friends. Um, and then we have uh, her, the mom, Carrie, who's played by Catherine Dillon, who looks very different in her IMB- IM- 
db picture she's typically a blonde from what i can tell um (laughs) she has not worked as much as other people in this movie um which i think is like interesting because she i thought she was really good yeah she was good i didn't recognize any of these people though sadly the parents were both very hot i realized that i was like oh these are attractive parents the first thing i bumped on was i was just like these parents are too young to be this girl's parents i was like oh spoiler alert come on you guys like (laughs) i know i know well she also looked old for 16 yeah yeah a little maybe um, there is a character sort of actress in this movie. She just plays like a momentary. It's Dulcie, the party planner. She I has worked. That. Yeah, she has worked a lot. Stephanie Black is her name. And she has done a lot of things that I'm sure people who listen to this are fans of. Like she was on Scandal, um, um, did a lot on that. And she's made a lot of guest appearances on shows and movies that y'all probably like so it's a scandal why don't i remember her i'm the worst she was um holly slash rosalie so i believe that she probably came back and played another character Ah. like yeah her first time was in 2012 playing rosalie and then she came back in 2014 as holly and in a lot of episodes she's uncredited which is weird So that's, wow, that's really interesting. I didn't think of Scandal as like a Gilmore Girlsy community theater cast type situation, but that's interesting that they recycled her. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, well, like a lot of shows do that. Like, um, you see that a lot on, on, um, certain shows. Like if, if an actress is on for a bit part and they were great, like the writers will try and figure out how to have them back as a, like more prominent character. But, okay. I've never noticed that. It's, like, it's, I'm good at recognizing people, so that's really funny. I'm like, oh wow, wow. <laughs> it's rare, but it happens. And um, Law and Order SVU has done it like quite a bit. But um, okay, so the way this starts is we open up on this like child's birthday party. It's a pretty opulent home. It's like a pink party. Um, <laughs> the party is so fancy. I was like, wait, we're opening on the Sweet Sixteen. This is crazy. What's going on? Like, <laughs> right? No. And then, like, of course, it's Lifetime, so something always has to be bunk. And in this case, it's like the hors d'oeuvre section. Like they have these little grape and cheese skewers that. <laughs> looks so dark and then they also have those little mini quiches from Costco. Oh my god. <laughs> and they do not look cooked. Like they're not browned at all. And I, oh, no. I clocked that and I was like, oh, someone over in catering had to get creative this morning. I'm very glad um, that. <laughs> but yeah, it's a little girl named Tess's birthday party. Um there's I wrote in my notes there's a weird mixture of adults around her like it, I was unclear on who the parents were but then I realized that yeah, I thought she was the mother I was like oh no the murderer has a child it was right. dark so dark oh no <laughs> um and I I mean I only knew she was the murderer from obviously just like the vibes but more so from the, the movie cover. poster yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um But yeah, so um, that night she's sitting on her bed and she's scowling and her husband comes up behind her shirtless and sits down. This is a very upsetting like fight. I would say that like there's a lot of elements of this movie that are actually like very or that are very sad. Um, And it's so dark. Like it's so yeah, we're going to play 140 to 343 and we're going to find out. I mean, I guess we're going to find out what happens. 
Hey, what's wrong? You heard what the doctor said. No, so maybe we get a second opinion. Hmm? Griff, she was the second opinion. Well, did you hear everyone tonight? They think we're having kids, like, tomorrow. Everyone knows we're trying. So... Maybe we adopt. Celebrities adopt. Politicians create bloodlines. You know this. All right, so... How about we hire a surrogate? Okay, so I'm supposed to pay some woman we barely know how much to help you do your job? Excuse me? The last time I checked, my only job was to be a good wife and to become a good mother. I can still do that. Yeah, well, apparently you can't. What is that supposed to mean? Where are you going? To have a nightcap, or three, and figure out what to do about us. What to do about us? What does that mean? It means I don't know if I want to be with someone who can't have my kids. That's not a part of the deal I signed on for. You know, when I first met you, I always knew you were a shallow prick. But then I thought maybe I could fix him. But apparently asshole can't be fixed. Yeah. Well, at least we can thank my mother for insisting on that prenup. Okay. Ugh. Well, um, I mean, I can't blame her for pushing him down the stairs. I have to really say. what I said. I was like, maybe I would have killed him too, question mark? Like, seriously, what? Her job, first of all. But, like, and all the anti-adoption rhetoric. Like, fuck this guy. I hate this guy. <laughs> no, totally. And then, you know, obviously, we, you know, we got to set up. He's a politician. We have to get that out there. But, um, you know, my vibe from this was like they are very tense weirdos, very repressed individuals. I feel like only someone extremely repressed would push their husband down the stairs in a moment like this. Yeah. Like, you know, like this is someone who clearly isn't allowed to have an emotional reaction. And I understand like, okay, he's supposed to be a senator. He's supposed to be well off. But there's something maybe I'm just like a depressed weirdo from like a lower middle class family. But like, I, I like chill in my house like this. (laughs) She is fully like after a long day of work processing the fact that she's infertile in a like nighty and a green silk robe with like a little bobby pin behind her ear and it's like that's the stuff with lifetime where i'm like you didn't like you don't understand like you don't have to do that like, like you don't have no cameras here like you don't <laughs> they were like they don't need to seem like they're fancy in their home like you just need to take some of that wardrobe budget and like do better with furnishing rentals and like <laughs> maybe <laughs> you know, finding a different banister if possible. Like there are certain things where Lifetime, I feel like tries to overcompensate, but instead the characters just wind up really like stiff and unrelatable. Yeah. I didn't really love anyone on this show except like the, the friend, like the teenage friends, like 
Yeah, no, the teenage friends were super cute. I thought the teenagers all did a good job in this movie. Yeah, for real. Let's get that out of the way because I know I'm usually mean to the the teens. But um, yeah, I mean, I feel like if fertility was this make or break for him, they probably could have tested that before they got married. I feel like that's something you can kind of look into. Yeah, you can at least like look at your, you can like ultrasound it or x-ray it and see if it looks good at least, right? You can do stuff. You can, I don't know. Yeah. And also like, obviously things come up, but I just feel like this guy has one goal in life and it's to have an heir. And it's just like, I don't know, dude, I feel like there are like really rich families like that, that probably have like their child's significant others fertility tested before they get married well, it's, you know. it's like she couldn't have done anything right it's like she well, if she could have gotten pregnant it might have been a girl and he would have been mad at her for that you know just like it's it's impossible to please those people so she did the totally. right thing <laughs> so then we see this like bouncy little blonde girl who we're going to come to know as Carrie jump out of a Prius and she runs inside of her house all excited to share her big news. Um, Her mom is working with her assistant Shonda and they're making some sort of list for work. And we, at this point we don't know what mom's deal is, Um, but she comes in and she tells her mom she made the dance team and this, uh, this, you know, this calls for a celebration. So the assistant takes it upon herself to order takeout for them. Real and- quick though, she said drill team. And I was like expecting like Cadet Kelly shit. I was so excited. Oh, I was right. like, oh my God, we're bringing back drill team. That's so great. I'm so excited. I was in Winter Guard and it's kind of the same thing. There were rifles involved. So yeah, so- yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. I like have like dance squad written in my notes a lot. Like I wasn't, I, <laughs> I called that group of people a lot of things when I was in my notes, but um, yeah, like that night they have a talk at the kitchen table. They're eating their takeout with their wooden chopsticks that like they, they're a family that owns chopsticks, which I always think of as like, oh, you're really rich because especially for a family like this, like that is not a go-to utensil for them, I would have to guess. And like, so my family members probably don't even know how to use chopsticks. I may be the only one and my Gen Z sister, like that, like, no, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is, I, you know, grew up obviously like eating Chinese food, like everyone else in America, but I didn't see sushi until I was, or I don't know. I had seen it, but like I <laughs> never until I, I was like eighteen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I was like I think in college by the time I tried sushi, and um, you know, even to this day, I can be a little bit uncultured and like strange around sushi. Like I don't really know what to expect. But owning a chopstick to me is always like, oh, you're like, you're like very rich. Like you randomly spend money on things. Maybe they are constant consumers of Asian cuisine. I'm just I, I'm out. I it stuck out to me. They're, but, nice um, around. They're good. That's good. <laughs> so her dad uh, thinks that it might be time for her to get a car because she's going to be driving back and forth to school from dance practice. And, you know, it coincidentally, her 16th birthday is coming up. And she says that actually she would rather have an epic sweet 16 party instead of a car. She's actually going to maybe, if she has one, use it as a fundraiser to help kids in her class who can't afford their college um, application fee next so who year. Is who is this girl? Are you serious? First of all, the, the, the sweet 16 over a car thing would not be for me. I mean, I never even had a driver's license, so I'm the wrong guy to ask. But I also don't really love a party that much, too much. 
Especially right. where everyone wants to talk to me. Like, no, thank you. Like, <laughs> I feel like my mom, because my mom came to me and was like, do you want a sweet 16? And I was shocked. Um, looking back, it, it makes sense that she was happy to have a sweet 16 for me because she didn't do stuff like let me like she did not help me drive encourage driving teach me how to drive um so she's like oh we'll give her a sweet 16 also my mom was a party planner so i was even thinking about that a lot today where i was like oh that might be why i had a sweet 16 is because like my mom (laughs) knew the ropes you know like yeah so anyway um she, you know, they're like, oh, you know, that's a great idea. Um, but they're probably going to have to find a party planner because her mom, Kayla, isn't really good with that sort of stuff. She sent their wedding cake to the wrong venue. She hired a one hit wonder wedding band. And her husband's like, we love one hit wonders. Um, <laughs> but basically, um, you know, they like uh, Carrie and Jason are clearly like not thrilled that Kayla's not going to be having like posting this party. Right. I even wrote down, I was judgy about it. I was like, why can't you plan a party? And I was like, okay, I guess you're super busy, whatever. But like alternative, I, I don't want to go to a party that's about me, but I would love to plan a party. That's, that sounds like fun. So See, I'm going to say, I honestly had the opposite reaction because I feel like if someone is willing to pay for a service that yeah. they can't do like if someone's like I'm not good at doing xyz but I have the money to hire someone who can I'm and like good then hire someone money so they've totally got party planner money they, they're they're in it yeah <laughs> yeah um I want to say at this point also just a note if you're watching this in the lifetime movie club the subtitles are a mess I feel so bad for the hard of hearing community like oh, every oh. third yeah every third line is missing like there's actually a like point when the party planner's husband lindy's husband tells her that he doesn't want to adopt like the line about him being a politician is missing and i was like this is something that i feel is essential in some right. ways to like truly understanding the movie and like the motivation of why he's being a dick and why she snapped both like it's quite important um, yeah there's a lot of moments like that where things are just sort of um missing from the subtitles so I I wasn't able to see if they were any better on Amazon. I forgot to check, but just so you know, whoever trans like, you know, transcribed this movie, I I could do a better job. I will happily transcribe your movies. Um lifetime. Would also be a fun job. <laughs> right? I I did um transcribing for um Clean House Comes Clean, which was oh like Oh my god, Nisi Nash. Yes, I like with that show. <laughs> style network like trying to make hoarders friendly um that was really fun um because i love reality tv i love seeing how the sausage is made and just like all of the raw footage i loved that and transcribing is a job that if you're a fast typer you're always performing well at your job like It's shocking how slow other... I think I learned how slow other people type when I was transcribing. I know. Uh, I didn't realize I was such a fast typer until I I, like watch other people. I'm like, oh, oh, shit. Oh, my God, you guys. You're helpless. You're helpless. Okay, cool. 
it can be very frustrating. Um, but yeah, so we cut back to the party planner's house, um, Lindy's house, and now she's drunk looking up what looks like women on a dating site, but we'll come to find out that she's actually looking up records on, um, I guess through her husband, she had access to like <laughs> adoption, like who was adopted where, like, I guess there's probably in this version of Los Angeles, a database that politicians can access to see who adopted whose child, which I don't know, sounds really fucking illegal to me, but you know, shady as fuck. What? (laughs) Yeah. That's like, I don't, I feel like if anyone shouldn't have access to that, it's a politician, but, um, she's like, and just like kismet, here we come. So, um, we see upstairs, she pulls a snow globe out of storage. It's like basically like hidden in what looks like a shirt. And she winds it and watches the snow fall on the little ballerina inside. Um, something so demented about the way snow globe people are always depicted in movies. It's, I mean, it's like a very specific, like creepy thing, isn't it? Usually like, it's like, it's like, it's like a metaphor. It's like, I'm, observing and manipulating your world like totally (laughs) totally um and i that makes me feel bad for good-hearted snow globe people out there it's just another misrepresentation (laughs) um so then we cut to a little pickup basketball game the dance team are watching the guys and one girl yells out woohoo go charlie and this guy charlie looks back at them he's supposed to be the love interest in this movie um I don't know. I think like it's a little like um, he doesn't seem like a typical love interest, I would say. No, No, because I actually find him somewhat cute. So he can't be like a typical movie love interest because. Totally. You're so right. Exactly. That's exactly right. So, um, you know, she looks back at them. He looks back at them and waves at Carrie and she waves back. She's a little bit shy. And the coach comes up behind them and she's like, you know, she's a dick. Um, we find out that Carrie's mom went to high school with the coach and the coach is pretty surprised that she's Carrie's on the team because her mom was never really a dance team type. Um, so they've got to practice because they have a big event that's coming up in a couple weeks. So just know there's weirdness with the coach surrounding Carrie's mom and she's oddly mean. Okay. So then so I thought the whole time because of the way this coach was dressed the first time I saw her at the practice, I thought that she, that the whole thing was that she was gay and that she had been gay with her mom. And I'm oh. like, why does it matter? Like why would that matter? What why what's happening? Like I was so confused, but I'm glad they cleared it up, but yeah, I mean, I get. I think I just viewed it as like she was like in athletic wear because she's a co. I thought it was actually like kind of generous that they made her somewhat stylish for. A, oh yeah, she wears some like nice strappy bralettes and stuff, and yeah, yeah. And then when she's at home, she's all fancy. But at school, the first time I saw her, I was like, oh, she's gay for sure. And, then, <laughs> and she just. <laughs> So then we see Lindy Shores walking into her job interview. So Kayla and Carrie are talking to potential party planners. This is a longer scene, um, but it's I think it's worth playing just for the setup. 938 to 1324. Yeah, I just feel like a sweet 16 concept for girls these days isn't what it used to be. Nowadays, it can't just be some silly dance where you crown the birthday girl like an old school homecoming coronation or something. We're talking top 40s cover band and a severely strict dress code for everyone in attendance. A dress code? 
No hoochie skirts two inches above the knee. No open-toed shoes. No tuxes or prom dresses or anything tacky or overall snooty. I mean, like, upscale casual, but still something you can hit the ping-pong table wearing. Ping-pong! I love that idea. One mother doesn't. It's a great distraction to help all those boys keep their hands to themselves. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I've heard all I need to hear. Kara, do you have any other questions for her? Yeah, no, I'm good. Thanks. Nice to meet you, Dulcie. Okay, you're next. And this is, wait, who are you? Hi, Lindy Shores. Hi, Kayla Anderson. This is my daughter, Carrie. Hi. Hi. Nice to meet you. I love your dress. Oh, wow, thank you. Well, I, I love your shoes. Oh, thanks. I actually just got them. My mom said the heel was a little high, but I disagreed. Six inches would be a little high, but two and a half seems just, just right. right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, they're growing on me, I guess. Why don't you sit down, please? Thank you. Wow, Lindy, you have a very impressive resume. Political fundraisers, campaign banquets, a re-election gala. Don't you think you're just a tad overqualified? Oh, uh, no, I, I've, <clears throat> I'm not overqualified. I've, um, I've also done kids' birthday parties and things like that, too. I only put the political stuff on there because my husband is, uh, was. A congressman. Oh, I'm really sorry for your loss. Thank you. It's um, been a tough year. Well, it's great that you have experience with fundraisers because I was hoping that this party could actually help raise money for kids in my class who can't pay for their college applications next year. <laughs> wow, I love that idea, Carrie, and how kind of you. That's right up my alley. Well, why don't you tell us what else you would suggest if we decided to hire you? I do plan on being a part of the party planning, though, except it's not really up my wheelhouse. I'm usually dealing more in the modern art world. Ah. Okay, well, my aim would be to give Carrie the most fabulous, classy, super special Sweet 16 that I never had. And I can assure you that if you hire me, you will be the envy of every girl at the party, have the attention of every boy, and be the talk of Crestwood High all year long, just as it should be. <laughs> I feel like maybe I should, should have left my card. Yeah, I'm gonna... Sorry, I forgot to leave my... Well, girls, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of leaning towards the redhead. Dulcie does have the best resume for these kinds of parties. I mean, she's been doing it for years. And who else can make a bunch of bratty teens happy? I don't mean you when I say that, Kara. Just your friends. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I kind of like Lindy the best. I mean, she just seems really into what I'm into. Okay. Um, well, how about I see if I can get Dulcie first? Lindy seems a little elitist for my taste. Okay, yeah, I guess that's fine. Okay. So oh my God, maybe I should have rewatched because that speech that Lindy gave right before she left is so much eerier now. Just like the sweet 16 I never had. Oh God, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I know. So, like, I, I love that their takeaway from that meeting was that Lindy seems too elitist because I would say elitist is a word I would use um, 
but not first. I would say like this woman seems unstable and yeah. insecure. So she compensates by being elitist. And I feel like she probably wouldn't have the right vision to confidently pull off your party. Like something about Lindy gives me over budget vibes. Like it gives me really like weird 10 p.m. Text vibes. It's um. She oh, just, yeah. She's gonna spend your money on stuff you did not approve yet. Vibes. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> or like not look for the best deal. Vibes. I mean, so like the thing with Dulcie is like what you're missing out here, you guys, is her aesthetic is almost like as if she's from the movie Bridesmaids. Like that's the only way I can really think to describe her. She's wearing like an A-line pastel dress and sort of like jade pearls and like a pastel purple sweater. And then her hair is done in a little bit of like a bouffant. And it looks like this character is supposed to be... uh, The reason why I say bridesmaids is because she's a little bit of a caricature of a human being. And at the same time, though, this this actress brings some depth to the role. Um, so it's, it's kind of like, again, I don't know why I keep thinking of bridesmaids, but it's like, she's a character, but you also buy it. Um, but I also just hate it when they put like bigger women into children's looking clothing. Like it just, it bothers me. It's like, as yeah. yeah. I like whenever I look at even just like ASOS or something and like you're searching and they have like the plus size clothing, like just sporadically throughout the grid i'm always like that is not what they would make for smaller girls that no, looks for yeah, some no. reason like an adult toddler As i never person um no yeah and like all the bathing suits are animal print it's like really you guys like what are you doing to us? i don't understand that like what is what is the why is that 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 is such a trend in fashion to like make plus size women look like adult children I do not know. I personally, I've always been kind of like funky and childish and obnoxious in my style. So it's, but I'm not very feminine. So it's, it's, it's really hard to navigate, honestly. Yeah. I, well, I mean, like, to be clear, I also dress like an adult child. I just (laughs) hate it if that was my only option. Um, But yeah, so I will warn you guys, I am going to play another like longer clip in a minute um, when we're going to go to Dulcie's house. But they, um, they do, they redeem her outfit. Her pajamas are, they're great. I love them so much. They're very, uh, they're like sophisticated and cute. And also, how could you like not love this character when you see how she just like absolutely owns her shit in her own home? Like she's a great, she's a great character. Um, but yeah, so we go to, <laughs> to a yard gnome outside of Dulcie's house. I wonder what the writer was envisioning when they put a yard gnome in the script because I feel like they probably were envisioning like a traditional yard gnome. Like like, a painted one with like a pretty like red hat and spooky, not spooky stone gargoyle looking one. Like (laughs) I thought they like went chicer for the movie. I thought that the stone one, I was like, okay, that's a nice compromise where you're letting the writer have the yard gnome they wanted, but you're making it something that makes sense in Dulcie's world because the actress again like sort of brings a little gravitas to the role right you're right she is she would have a sophisticated lawn gnome you're you are right 
but she's cheeky. So it's still a lawn gnome, you know? (laughs) Um, But yeah, so she's chopping up some strawberries, drinking a glass of wine when her doorbell rings. um, And she takes a glass of wine from the kitchen to go answer the door. And it's Lindy, who she probably didn't even register her face when they crossed paths earlier. Because Dulcie's not going to like look at her competition. She lives in her own world. There is no competition in Dulcie's world. So have you seen her dog? She's fierce. Okay. Cher is the best. Um, Let's play 1408 to 1819. Again, another long scene, but don't worry. There's like a clip desert coming up because nothing happens um, during a good portion of this movie. Dulcie Lowe, yes? I'm Dulcie. Can I help you? You probably don't remember me, but we ran into each other earlier today. We were both interviewing for the party planning position, Carrie Anderson. Okay. I'm sorry. How did you even find me? Oh, well, strangely, I happened to notice your resume when I was leaving my card and saw that we lived on the same street. Well, I'm actually just just down there. Um, it's a temporary place while I get myself back on my feet. I'm... Um, recently widowed. Oh, sorry to hear that. The thing is, I just really need the money right now. I don't get the life insurance money for a while yet, and this job just, it means everything to me. Well, again, I truly am sorry for your loss, but uh, if you're so hard up for cash, you could try selling that handbag. It's worth at least $2,000 in mint condition, which it is. Right, I could. If this wasn't the last thing that my husband bought me before he died, clearly it means too much for me to sell. I understand. Conversely, this job means too much to me to pass up as well. I don't really know why you're so worried when they haven't made a decision, though. Or did they? Dulcie, I will give you half of everything I make, okay? I just need this job. Lindy, is it? Only a crazy person shows up to a stranger's house begging for a job they didn't earn. Now, if you'll excuse me, my Malbec is all aired out and I gotta run. Listen, you don't understand, I need- (sighs) Hush, share. I am begging you. I'll give you anything. What's it going to cost to get this job, okay? You a night in jail if you don't leave. Now, goodbye.
What kind of person doesn't feel bad when someone tells you their husband was killed? You are cold and lifeless, Dulcie. Do you know that? What the hell do you think you're doing? How did you even get in here? Well, it's a stupid place to hide the key under the little statue. Okay, you're insane. I'm calling the cops. Dulcie, no, listen, let's just talk this through, okay? You get out of my house right now and I'll consider not having you thrown in jail. Okay. Um, wow. <laughs> so, I mean, I love that Dulcie called it out for what it is. Um, fucking crazy to show up to someone's house and demand a job. Um, She's so good. And like the, the part where she, I, I knew she was about to grab the knife before she did it. Just the look in her eyes. I was like, yes, you know. <laughs> yeah. She was recalling those strawberries. She was just chopping and was like, I need, I need what I chop them with. Like I saw that move as well. I'm proud of her. Um, although I will say um, she does not really seemingly take note of the fact that she never got her key back. Uh, that's of course not going to be the problem, um, but she doesn't get her key back. Um, and, you know, I don't know. There's something about this scene that really set me up for just how, um, how Lindy interacts with the world. And it was something kind of bone chilling for me because I feel like there really are people out there that are as unaware of Lindy about like what's wrong with them. And I don't mean like the crazy. Don't get in their way. Don't get in their way because they just look at you as someone who's in their way. Yeah. It's like just a certain type of repressed individual where there's something going on there and whatever you're having a conversation about, like there's another motive in their head. They have some other wheel turning in their head. Um, Although from this exchange, I will say, I don't know if I had a meeting with these two ladies, I probably would think Dulcie was more elitist. If I'm being perfectly honest, based off the conversations we saw them have and the way that just went down at the door, I feel like Dulcie is a very uh, proud woman and she is very proud of what she has and she likes her things, which she should thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, But she, I mean, it's, it's interesting that, that what (laughs) Kayla's takeaway from that meeting was, was that Lindy was more elitist. It was her fancy dress that the kid commented on. Like, maybe. There, um, yeah, it was probably, it probably was that. But I was so um, disappointed. I, when I saw that white dress and her standing in Dulcie's house with that white dress, I, it was like really striking. And I was like, OMG, it's about to be covered in blood. It's about to be covered in blood. I thought it was going to be campy. I thought they were going to do the thing. And they totally didn't. Like, were they just too cheap to ruin the dress? Or what is it? Like, what? Probably, yeah, it probably was a rent the runway uh, situation. But I mean, also, you kind of get like the nerve of Lindy as well, because in the time that she sort of let herself in through the back door with the key that was under the gnome, she's also taken her coat off. And I don't know how she did it, like how she put her, her coat down on the couch and then snuck into the kitchen. In just her white dress. In all fairness, the white dress is slamming. It would have been a waste of the rental f- fee to not show that dress on camera. So I'm glad they did that. But literally in my notes, it says, "Uh oh, she's in your house. 
And she's hot. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Like for sure. Yeah. That's a combo to look out for. So, um, yeah, she, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, so Dulcie locks the door behind her and Lindy picks up the yard gnome, um, and then sneaks into the open door. I guess, I don't know what, I don't know what that necessarily. Oh yeah. She opens the door, the front door back up and she walks up on Dulcie and she slams her head in with this garden gnome. And then she pets the dog. She pets Cher who has, (laughs) um, while she's holding this blood soaked gnome. So then Kayla, Carrie and Jason are eating breakfast the next morning. It's scrambled eggs and pancakes and fruit because in movies, these families have time to do all that. Um, and when Kayla, she gets a text from Dulcie saying that she's unavailable. And Carrie's really excited about that because then now it means she can hire Lindy. Kayla said she's going to try and have her come over after school the next day. So Carrie is just so excited to see Lindy at her house. Um, she, you know, it's like, I can't believe I'm here. Um, Carrie explains that she's a sophomore and she's the last in her class to turn 16. And Lindy says that she was a dancer. And then Carrie's like, oh, I'm on the drill team. Lindy says um, that she, you know, wants to swing by her practice sometime and see how dance has changed since she was in school. Um. like, I feel like you can watch a DVD and accomplish that. Like, what do you oh, mean? YouTube? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Aren't you on the internet? Like, It's also that, like, interest in people's life where I'm like, you can't. I mean, in this movie, they are that stupid. But, like, in real life, if like, someone you just, just show up to school and watch kids do stuff that they're not parents. Like, that's not how it works. Like. Right. Yeah. And even just to say like, oh, I'm going to like as if that's normal, like now she's a part of their life and she's just going to show up. That always makes me feel like people have other intentions, like those people that, you know, you don't know that well and then are like, oh, I'll help you move. It's like, oh, well, like what, do you, yeah. what do you really want? What do you want? Because I'm horrible with boundaries. So it's really easy for me to let stuff like that slide. But then but now I'm just like, as, as an adult, I'm like, okay, those are red flags. Like no one should be this interested in helping you do anything unless they're close to you. Like, <laughs> I definitely like to think like, would I return that same favor? Like that I find is a good gauge because I can also be a little overly giving. So when I'm (laughs) like really awestruck by someone's desire to go over the top for me, I have to think to myself, wait a minute, like what's the rub here? What's going to happen to me if I say yes to this? Um, So, you know, basically Lindy um, has this chance now to inquire about how old her mom is and when she had her. And Carrie's like, you can't just ask people questions like that. That's so weird. Right. And like, you know, so much of this movie is so frustrating to me because I'm literally like, this girl is 15. And what is so like just upsetting about all of this is like, you know, if, if she was even 18 and she fell in with this party planner and like got super close to her, that would be one thing. But she's 15 years old. Like she has Lindy's only getting away with this because this girl has no idea how to navigate the world yet. And it's very like predatory. Um, It just it, it kind of like was frustrating for me when I was watching it. I was like, these two people shouldn't be together like they should this like. Kayla should never let these two hang out alone. It's just weird. Um, As someone who has like divorced parents and kind of was only really raised by one parent, it's kind of just like, what 
it must just be the sheltered thing. Like you have two good parents, you're from a good home, you're just completely oblivious to the evils of the world or something like. Totally. But like, also, do you feel because like in my experience, being from a single parent, people were more willing, I felt to like help me out because they thought like, oh, her mom needs help. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like adults were more willing to help me out. Like my mom's friends offering to like take me places or whatever. Oh, yeah, definitely some of that, I guess. I'm kind of just like I've, I've always been kind of an asshole, I guess, maybe even as a child. I was kind of like very independent and headstrong and like never really needed or wanted help. So, uh, yeah. Um, Well, okay. So Lindy brought like a book of pictures for Carrie to look at of ideas that she has for her party. And one thing that Carrie cannot believe is that Lindy chose her favorite color, teal. Like how could Lindy possibly know that teal is her favorite color? And she's like, oh, I also just love the color teal. So... Oh, that's um, genetic. That's genetic. Like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a that's a genetic trait. So um, then she sees these two um, sponsors that she absolutely loves are in the book. It sounds like a jewelry company and like a beauty company or something. Because this is a fundraiser, these sponsors are going to help her out with her event. And she's just over the moon that Lindy has that sort of pull with these brands. Like, the kids are going to be so excited. Um At one point, you know, um, Kayla comes out and says that she didn't realize Lindy was so well connected. And Lindy just moves past this and points out a page of tiaras to Carrie. And I feel like that is supposed to bury a little bit that she's well connected because her husband was a senator. But we already know her husband is her, you know dead husband was in politics. She already said that. So I'm kind of not clear on why she brushes past that unless this is an elaborate ruse and, and the jewelry company is never going to pull through. Um, but yeah, anyways, she says, um, she points out a page of tiaras to Carrie and she says that this party is going to be like her own junior prom, but as a sophomore and Kayla's like, I don't know, this is like sounding a little bit expensive to me. And, um, you know, I don't know if we can have this party at the house at this point. And Lindy's like, no, obviously we're going to need a venue, like an estate or something. And, um, Lindy decides to make a deal with Carrie that, um, and with Kayla that this is no way going to go above $2,000 for them. Jesus Christ. Oh my goodness. That's such an expensive party in my brain. I don't know. I'm sure that's like, a normal party, but not like a sweet 16. I don't know. I'm from a broke family, I guess. That's so much. She's talking about a wedding venue. I'm like, oh, so pointlessly fancy. Like, (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, well, like, let's think about this. Okay. So they are a family who has money to throw at things. And they are in California too. The Prius had California plates. So they are going for California. I guess They're they're in Los Angeles. Oh, word. Okay. So then three grand for a party is literally so cheap. It's nothing. Okay. never mind. Two grand. Yeah. And like then like also, um, you know, this was in lieu of a car and true, true. probably because of the charity element of this party, that's going to be really good on her college applications. So like this is for the parents sort of like I mean, this is pretty common for L.A. and it's like in place of this vehicle. So I was surprised that they thought they were going to get out the door for less than two grand. Um yeah. But also 
two grand for what this party seems to be is insanely cheap. Like, I feel like two grand wasn't enough to pay for the lighting that they had in this place. Obviously, this creepy woman is just going to pay for it herself because she doesn't understand boundaries and she's creepy. (laughs) Like Totally. Um, And so... That night, uh, Kayla tells her husband that she thinks Lindy is going to be a little bit more expensive than she thought. And Jason's like, listen, okay, Carrie's not some crazy kid. And well, and Kayla's like, yeah, but I think Lindy's gotten her a little bit too worked up about all of this. Can I just say that I hate a mom named Kayla in a movie like this? Well, okay. I think Kayla is kind of just like a young name anyway, like. I mean, I guess people my age are parents now, and I guess I knew people named Kayla, but I, it's just not a mom name to me. It's not like a, it's not like a 40 something mom name. And I know that it's supposedly short for Michaela, but I just, I don't know many women who are like, you know, 45 and have the name Kayla. And I feel like in Lifetime movies, Kayla and Kaylee and Kylie are used all the time. Yeah. For children or for teenagers. Yeah. Like. Typically, yeah. So, um, you know, sure enough, Lindy shows up to Carrie's practice and starts charming the pants off of her friend. She already knows her best friend Savannah's name and she compliments her hair. And then at practice, the girl... She doesn't touch it, does she? Oh my God, she doesn't touch it, right? No, she doesn't touch it. Oh my God. <laughs> no, Savannah is a black woman. And I was like, I, I, I was nervous around that conversation too. I was like, please don't touch her hair, please. Yeah. Like, we know she's um, cute, but don't do it she's adorable but don't pat her on the head good god okay <laughs> so um we go to the practice where the girls are dancing in silence um which like you know i'm sure they do that um when they're working out the moves but it just looks hilarious because there's this like team of girls and typically lifetime would at the very least put some score under something it's very rare something is just silent in these movies because they're Wait, they- the coach wasn't even counting she, I think she might be, I think she, no, she's not counting at first. Oh, I would have put that in my notes. That's so weird. And, you know, Carrie, basically the coach says that she has no life in her performance. And in all fairness, I will say that while Carrie is keeping up with the moves, she is not particularly expressive. Like her face is thinking. But it's the beginning of the season, coach. Like, give me some time to get the moves down and then my face will pop later. Like totally. Um, and so, you know, she decides to punish her by putting her in the back row, basically. Um, and so then when they leave, Lindy spots Charlie, this guy, and she's like, Oh, who is he? Um, which <laughs> if either Carrie or Savannah had been like, you know, sort of like snickering or anything, I think that that question would make a lot more sense. But for us, it just seems like this older woman is at a high school where she does not have a child. And she's like, who's that boy? She's um, checking out the teenage boys. Oh, God. Ugh. I don't even think I would be able to, like, identify the hot guy at school if someone, like, took me to a high school in the valley and was like, no. show me which one's hot. Like they I don't look like this in real life. In real life, they actually look like children. Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, and even like even though teenagers do look 
oddly adult now. Um, they, they like these kids are definitely like 21. Like these actors are 21. So, um, you know, Lindy's like, go over there and tell him that he he has to come to your party. Like you always invite crushes in person. So she invites him to the party and he's like, oh, it's a date. And she gives him her number and she goes, this is so you can be accountable. <laughs> so, oh, my God. She, she grabs his phone out of his hand and puts her number in it. I was like, yes. OMG. <laughs> like so also, confident. What is like hotter than a, a woman, a 16 year old girl holding you accountable? Like I thought I was like, girl. <laughs> You were so smooth up until you dropped the word accountable. Right. I'm going to force you to come to this party that you just casually agreed to. He did say it's a date, though. That was kind of an escalation on his part. I... Oh, no, I totally agree. I was like, honey, for all you know, you are one of three boys that she's inviting with interest in mind. Um, I wish he was. That would be more interesting. <laughs> Well, I feel like that's actually like so much more true to life where it's yeah. like you have the guy you like, but then you have another guy you kind of like. And then you have like this other guy that like, you know, likes you, but he's definitely your last choice. Like, I, I feel like if you're hosting a party and you don't have at least three people there that you're into, what are you doing with your time? I was exactly that monster because that was all I ever thought about was like, who am I going to make out with tonight? Like, or who, yeah, who am I hooking up with later? Like, <laughs> I'm the worst. I think that's teenage. I feel like that's, I feel like I was like that with my, not like making out, but like, I feel like I was like, I have to be making some like positive moves in my life tonight. Up until I was like maybe 25, like I needed to have at least three guys in my room at my birthday. That there, I, yeah, there has to be at least like, if, if I don't end up making out with somebody tonight, there has to at least be that like eight hour conversation where we don't fall asleep and we just talk all night. <laughs> it's what a girl deserves. Um, <laughs> so that night, Carrie's texting at her desk and her mom's like, oh, was there anything you want to like tell me about? Um, which is, you know, just such a um, fucking cock block when you're a teenager, when like you have one thing going for you and your parents sniffs it out immediately. Like, her phone wasn't even cold after she entered that phone number before like her mom knew something was up. Um, and she says that, you know, uh, Carrie's like, you're being weird, mom. OK, I don't even understand why you're talking about this. And Kayla's like, well, listen, anyway, I think we need to reschedule Lindy tomorrow because I have a big day at the gallery. And Carrie's like, mom, just let me do it myself. I can go meet up with her. So the next day at school, Savannah and Carrie spot this brunette girl, Misty, talking to Charlie. And it seems like this girl, Misty, is steady competition for Carrie in terms of Charlie and and maybe even in life. but. Um, we later find out that Misty and May, these other two girls are actually like her other two best friends, um, which I felt like was such an accurate high school dynamic. Right. Where they she and Savannah are against each other, but you're sometimes competing with your best friends for that guy. Like, totally. Or like there's groups within the group, like Misty and May are best friends and Carrie and Savannah are best friends. And they probably both shit talk each other when we're there together. Right. Like Misty wouldn't steal May's guy, but she will steal Carrie's. Like Totally. Um, so then like all of a sudden, you know, a car drives practically drives into Misty and everyone jumps a bit when that happens because <laughs> Lindy just tried to run over some high school girls on high school. Like, with like her that car. wasn't even remotely an accident. Like that was insane. <laughs> So, um, you know, she's like, oh, um, sorry, I need to get my brakes checked out again. And I'm like, 
at least try and sell this like you weren't just about to commit vehicular manslaughter. Like, it, at least act more surprised that your brakes uh, suddenly gave out. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Right, um, like, do a little crying or something. Like, we know you can. <laughs> exactly. Um, just to, like, really gaslight them, you know? So then... <laughs> Carrie runs up to them and introduces the girls as Misty and May from the squad. And she tells them that Lindy is her party planner. And um, Lindy turns to Charlie and she goes, Charlie, oh, is this the guy who's been crushing on you? You didn't tell me he was so cute. Um, and Carrie seems to like think that that's cool. But I'm, oh, what a nightmare. I'm like, I would I'd be like, what do you like? What do you mean? That sounds like I go home. Or and tell I, you that, yeah, I'm mortified. Don't. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy's in love with me. Like, at that point, that just sounds like if I was Charlie, I'd be like, uh, calm down. I mean, I obviously flirt with you, but it's not something you should really like be running home and telling your party planner about. Um, so on the way that uh, they are like about to leave the parking lot. And Lindy turns back and tells Misty that she should wear less eyeliner because it makes her look old and she's too young and pretty to look old. Her eye makeup is perfect. Um, That's the other thing. Like she has like the prettiest like smoky brown eye that's completely appropriate for high school. I actually am not sure I saw liner on that eye at all. No, Um, I used to put like an inch of black eyeliner underneath my eyelid. Okay. Like, no, she was not wearing eyeliner really at all. Like. That, that was, was my preferred was, look. Yeah, yeah. She's a monster. That was girl on girl crime, but it was girl on child crime. Like adult woman on high school girl crime. Oh. Um, so then Carrie and Lindy are at Lindy's place listening to music in the kitchen, and Carrie sees the little dog. Oh, it's Cher from what's her name? Dulcie's house? Yeah. yeah. So Cher is Cher like Share from Clueless or share like can, if I could turn back time, share. Knowing Dulcie, I would say if I could turn back time, share. I feel like thinking, but I uh, personally, for me, it would have been uh, Clueless. Share. <laughs> I think I Dulcie is like probably like a gay icon locally. Like I feel like she's someone that when she shows up to Drag Queen Bingo, like that's where all of her friends are. I feel like I she loves there. Yeah. That that makes sense. So, um, you know, Carrie gets a text from her mom, but she doesn't notice it. And at that point, Lindy picks up her phone. She's like, oh, you're low on battery. Um, let me charge it for you. So then she goes over to the counter and pours a glass of wine and another one for Carrie. And Carrie's looking at her really wide eyed at this point. She's like, I don't think I should drink. And Lindy's like, no, it's the great way to celebrate this new relationship between us. Um, and Carrie like gives in and she takes a sip. It's like red wine, which I think is pretty aggressive at 3 PM. Um, <laughs> and also For a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also she's giving a 15 year old alcohol, but like also red wine, like talk about it being you need to like have the right people teach you how to drink or you're just going to be making mistakes like this throughout your entire young adult life. Like <laughs> you, if you're pre-gaming in college, you don't want to drink red wine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she has a bunch of treats that she needs her to try from the bakery. They're gluten-free, soy-free, nut-free. Um, and Carrie loves them. 
And so then Carrie goes over to the couch after they have a little like dance party moment. And Lindy tops Carrie off, meaning she basically fills the wine glass to the brim. Um, and she brings it over to her on the couch. And why? Why? I don't I really don't. I still don't understand this part. Like, why does she need to get her drunk? Why is she getting her drunk? What's going on here? It's I mean, so I weird. think it's very Regina George. I think she's trying to be like the anti-mom. Oh, oh my God. Right. Okay. <laughs> Kids want some snacks, condoms. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think that oh. she's trying to be like, oh, well, if things are, you know, if you're not allowed to drink at your house, well, guess what? You're allowed to drink at my house. And that I think was- she's trying to sweeten the deal for her. So weird. Like that's my mom was like, talk about split personality mom. That was my mom. She was either 100% a mom or she was like, getting me drunk as a teenager like what okay anyway honestly like not same but like there came a time when my mom was like okay if you guys are gonna drink like keep it contained to this room like and it would just be me and my best friend and my boyfriend and like a six pack of mike's hard lemonade like my mom never (laughs) i think she like bought us like a six like two six packs of Mike's hard lemonade one new year's eve and I think it was like maybe junior or senior year. And I was truly shocked. Like, but I think she also was like, you're going to Boston College next year. Like, I don't want you experiencing drinking for the first time at a party with like 150 people. But Uh, for us, it was like Jägermeister and like vodka and Red Bull. We were going hard. It was bad. (laughs) That was definitely college for sure. But I think like in high school, all we really knew was stuff like Mike's Hard and um we love that smirnoff ice too oh my god it totally smirnoff (laughs) and then like the bartles and james wine coolers like in (laughs) high school that was like a six pack of mike's hard would literally get me and my boyfriend shit-faced so (laughs) yeah are you sure you're irish no no (laughs) no well like truthfully I feel like I felt my liver develop like when I as soon as I turned 21 like alcohol did not have the same effect on me not in a way where it's like I didn't get drunk but I didn't feel sick when I drank anymore which is interesting because like supposedly that's when your liver is all primed up and ready to drink so oh yeah totally the opposite for me like I could drink like crazy when I was a kid and then I hit like 22 and I was done (laughs) yeah I mean it's um it's now I feel like I I get if I were to like I haven't really like drank drank in a long time like out doing shots with friends or anything like that because well one I'm a fucking adult but two like I just don't like clubs or anything anywhere that I would really over drink like that but um yeah I mean I would say my hangovers were absolutely appalling from like 20 like from like 19 to 25 and then and then it no hangovers and then now if i'm ever to like drink something that doesn't agree with me like cheap vodka or whatever um my hangover is it's back baby she's back yeah oh just drink that water water is important you can drink you just gotta drink water we're too old Yeah. And also like, you got to know what your like your booze, like not every booze is meant for everyone. Like, like I can literally only do beer or tequila or a glass of red wine. Of course, you know, anyone can have a glass, but yeah. So, um, 
like like Dulcie, just trying to have a glass of red wine. Her Malbec had finished aerating and, you know, she, she got with murdered. A with a knife in the other hand. <laughs> so just say no, you guys. Um, so anyway, um, you know, Carrie mentions that like, you know, her her coach was a little bit rude to her during practice because apparently she doesn't like her mom either. And that comes up because Lindy got the bright idea that at Carrie's birthday party, she and the drill squad should perform a routine, um, which is sounds like a terrible idea to me. Um, it is a terrible idea when we eventually <laughs> see it. Um, it's it's just- again mortifying. It's again, it's like, now now all my friends are going to think all I talk about is the drill team and how great I am at the drill team like this woman <laughs> right because that's the sort of thing that like you do in earnest at your like bar bat mitzvah because you're 13 and you don't know how deeply uncool it is to <laughs> put yourself be proud out there of yourself and put your- yeah, exactly be vulnerable and proud yeah <laughs> But then at 16, I'm like, that's a weird age to pitch this because typically the only people you can get to be that like not self-conscious are like musical theater kids who are willing to sing a song in front of everyone. But Uh she's a new dancer. I have a hard time believing any like new dancer at 16 is like, yeah, put me on a stage. That sounds great. Right. Um, She can't even get her faces popping. So like, right. So when Carrie gets home that night, um, her mom is, you know, a little bit confused about where the fuck she's been. But she starts to realize as she's talking to her that like, oh, um, my daughter might be drunk. And she's, you know, she like calls her out for that. She finds out that she was with Lindy and she can't believe that Lindy drove Carrie home after having a glass of wine. And she was like, mom, it was one glass two hours ago. And Jason's like, honey, we drink almost every night. Okay, it's not that big of a deal. Um, and Carrie's like, exactly, dad. And so she asked to be excused because she has some homework to do. But her mom basically tells her that, um, she doesn't want this party to fuck up her life and that next time she's going to be late, she has to tell her mom. And so we get that sort of moment where it's like, oh, she's the anti Lindy. Like, she's like, you know, tell me where you are. Whereas Lindy's like, here, you deserve a glass of wine. So they're setting up that dynamic of what it means, I guess, to probably be like a part in the expression, real parent. Um, but um, yeah, that night, Kayla decides to do some research on Lindy. Let's play 3522 to 3710. Honey, what? Carrie's a good kid. There's nothing to worry about. And when you talk with her, just make sure she knows we don't approve. Oh, trust me, I am making sure she knows we don't approve. Good. It's not just the alcohol, though, Chase. She's been acting different lately in general. Honey. She's a teenager. What do you expect? You don't think she's suddenly figured out anything, do you? Oh, maybe it's time we just tell her the truth. No. No. No, because we both agree. We wouldn't tell her until the summer after her sophomore year. If we told her right now, it would ruin her entire birthday. I mean, and you don't want that, do you? Of course I don't want that.
bad you guys didn't end up here this afternoon as I had already gotten off early to help. Also, I'm sure you didn't mean anything by it, but we would appreciate you not drinking alcohol in the presence of our daughter. It doesn't sit well with us. We can talk about it in person if you'd like, but we just wanted to let you know up front so it's clear. Anyway, thanks for the work you've done so far. Speak soon, Kayla. Delete. Okay. So, like, should we just, like, get the, um, why are you so secretive about the adoption conversation over with now? Like, okay, well, this is, first of all, this is where I realized it's obviously not a lesbian thing, because why would they be <laughs> disconcerned? They would not be disconcerned about that. So, all right. Um, yeah, I don't understand why they haven't already told this girl, like, pre-period, at least. Like, what? I don't know. Uh, I think, like, the summer after sophomore year is, like, an, a very arbitrary time. So specific. So specific and so pointless. Like, what? Also, like, probably just timing-wise, not the best either because, like, your junior year is one of the most important academic years for you. So, like, why kick off the summer by telling her that everything she's known, probably by teenage standards, is a lie? Um, You know, I obviously, I'm not a parent. Um, I'm also not an adoptive parent. I understand that those things are you know, very case by case. But in general, I am supremely weirded out by parents that don't in a in a non-complicated adoption that don't start basically laying the groundwork for their kids to understand that they are a, a very valued and wanted member of the family even though they have a different birth mother. Because I think adoption, we just talked about this um, last week, that episode hasn't aired yet. But, we, you know, I said, like, I feel like now it's almost like kind of cool to be adopted because it means your parents really wanted you. Like kids and don't could afford you. They, yeah, they wanted you and they could afford you both. It's great. <laughs> Whereas like with, with most kids, you can't really say that to be for sure true. Like maybe they were happy they were there by the time, but like, you know, straight people conceive and then deal with it all the time. So I'm just sort of confused about like why they wouldn't raise her with that. We don't know any reason. I've definitely heard of people who have like fostered and then adopt adopted that they sort of keep that, you know, your adopted thing on the DL just simply because they don't want like a young child going out being like, you know, um, my mommy isn't my real mommy because that can lead to like them getting abducted and stuff like that. Oh, like, can lead, oh, no, like yeah. you know, they've already been abducted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think that, like, I you know, I understand why not in every case. Um, so you know, feel free to like send or not send that email. But I, you know, I think in general, like my sort of attitude towards it is like, what's the why is there so much shame involved? Like, just. Like, let your kid know that there's nothing wrong with being like implicitly chosen to be in the in their lives and and like the center of her parents' universe. Like, that's a great 
thing to be um, and have clear. So it feels like maybe it's from a place of they don't really talk about it deeply at all. But it feels like it might be from like a place of selfishness. Like they're just like, we've had her since she was a month old. So she's ours. So we're just we're in denial. We're just going to be in denial forever. And we don't even ever have to tell her either. Like, it's a little crazy, honestly, no offense to anyone who has gone through this and has waited to tell their child that they're adopted. But this specific situation, it seems kind of like they're in denial in like a selfish way. You're so know. right. It's very narcissistic. And then the idea of them being like, well, we did it to protect you. It's like, well, what about this protected me? Like, actually, it actually is like led me to be much more open to well, my biological mother stalking. Yeah, exactly. She wouldn't have gone this crazy if you weren't like masquerading as though her daughter were your daughter. Like, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, so then Carrie goes to talk to her coach who's flirting with a male teacher. And, um, so the coach's name is Marlo Meadows, Miss Meadows. And, um, oh, sorry, just quick before, because we didn't touch on Lindy's weird sarcastic female reading scene. I just want to say this dog, this Chinese crested dog. I'm so sick of these guys being villainized. Like this is the Corolla DeVille dog. And these dogs are sweet, wonderful, beautiful, adorable dogs. And you should adopt them. They're not all evil. Thank you. Oh, is she bitchy to the dog? No, she's just being bitchy and the dog is there. You know, it oh, feels you're like, like, don't be a bitch in front of this dog. <laughs> no, but the dog feels like a symbol. It's like they use those dogs as a symbol and villains have them. And I don't like that. I got it. it. I got <laughs> it. Okay. The dog doesn't deserve that projection. Like, <laughs> well, in all fairness, you know, the villain only has this dog because she killed its owner. So, oh, no, it's so sad. I, I do feel for Cher like a lot in this movie because Cher's probably so confused. She watched her mom, who she had a beautiful life with, get murdered. And now she's living with this absolutely deranged woman. She can't communicate what's going on for her internally. I feel very bad for Cher. And uh, frankly, I'm surprised that Lindy was kind enough to take Cher in. I thought she'd leave the door open and let Cher run into the night. I was worried she was going to hurt her so i'm uh, yeah (laughs) but thinking about it she probably only took the dog so that there would be a longer time on finding the body because if like the mailman comes and the dog normally goes to work with her or something it's i'm sure it was much more strategic than i'm giving her credit for um but carrie asked the um the coach if she can have the dance team perform at her birthday party and she can barely get the question out she's just very intimidated by this woman and the coach says that the dance team exists to support the athletes at games and functions not entertaining at her birthday party and i wrote in my notes that is like <laughs> that is the worst answer like you are supposed to i think in especially in today's day and age convince the cheerleading team that they are their own entity outside of the sporting teams like oh, boys yeah exactly like yeah you're not you're just there uh <laughs> Yeah, like, of course, you are the spirit of your little high school, but, you know, you're not just there to, like, cheer on, shake your pom-poms for the football team. And Miss Meadows is like, no, 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 let's get this messaging correct. We are absolutely just here to shake our pom-poms. So um, she tells her that she also doesn't really think she's ready to perform. And Carrie winds up apologizing for even asking and just sort of disappearing. So 
Lindy is at their house, Carrie's house that night, and she gets the text that, I'm sorry, Lindy's at her own house by herself, and she gets the text that Miss Meadows shut down um, the idea of the dance performance and told her that she wasn't ready. And Lindy does, she does not like that one bit. Um, so she winds up, of course, following <laughs> Mrs. Meadows to her house, and she sees that this like, you know, coach, uh, the guy coach is like walking into her house with her. Um, so we're going to actor. I literally thought the coach was her, was, uh, the main character's dad. I was like, Oh no, I know. Right. Cause like, I will say they did do a good job of like making Carrie the blonde. And then Savannah was like the only person of color in this movie. And then like, the other popular girls were one was blonde, but we barely saw her face. And then Misty was a brunette. I will say for the most part, they did do a good job of distinguishing who was who in this movie when it could have gone like it could have veered into nightmare territory with uh, all the females that were cast on this movie. Um, Because half the time you can barely tell these people apart. You're like, which blonde are you again? So they they tried but they they did you know fumble with two brunettes um we're going to hear lindy talking to herself which is another trend i that we've had a lot lately that i wanted to make sure i acknowledge guys she's doing you know not the whimsical girl talking to herself that we've seen in the past she's doing the you know i have no one to talk to except for the voices in my head but my the voices in my head um, actually function outside of my head. Like she has to say everything out loud. And I don't know, like I I understand like talking to yourself as you're walking down the street or, you know, we all kind of talk to ourselves, especially only children. Oh my God, we talk to ourselves all the time. But um, this particular sort of <laughs> rationalizing things out loud is, is um, it's really creepy and they do a good job of um, really amping up Lindy's Lindy's a uh, not well factor with that. So we're gonna play this clip 3840 to 3936. Huh. After school house calls with the basketball coach. <laughs> Something stinks in suburbia. You make it far too easy for me. Okay. So, if you had any questions left about her mental health, I'm pretty sure you have your answers now. Um, Oh, my. Oh, my. She's not doing great. She's taking pictures of Miss Meadows and the coach making out on the couch. Um, again, talking out loud to herself, really just dialoguing it out by the window, which I mean, <laughs> I know that we like a nice double pane now. I understand that. But like, I could absolutely hear someone talking through my window. 
Definitely. So they would definitely. <laughs> um, I guess they're supposed to be so caught up, but let's like also touch on the fact that they like to show exterior shots of Miss Meadows' house and Carrie's house in this movie. I honestly cannot tell the difference between them. And the interior of these homes are exactly the same. Like the same yeah. layout, the same steps. Basically, they are the houses in Sherman Oaks that like every YouTuber lives in where it was like clearly all built by the same guy. And it just every little thing about it is exactly the same as every other house on the block. To the point where it was honestly distracting. And I mean, I let you. I would get lost going home so many times, so much, so easily. Like, there's no way I would know where I was going. <laughs> Let's just also acknowledge that Miss Meadows is a drill team dance teacher who has never left her hometown of Los Angeles, um, literally has stayed in the same place since high school. How the fuck is she affording? You couldn't rent a house like that with on what I assume to be her salary. She definitely that's like a, a she's not even a like a full time teacher, which already you wouldn't be able to afford that. But she's just like she's a coach. So she's like a contractor, probably an independent contractor or at least seasonal. Like what? That's like a one point six million dollar home. And yeah in that area. And so I'm assuming that she got a nice settlement in a previous, I mean, she would, right. I feel like Marlo Meadows got married to like some, you know, big shot guy right out of high school and then is now at her age on the other side of her divorce. Finally about to live her lesbian dreams when she dumps this, this stupid coach. I can't let it go. Can we clarify? Are you yourself? You're queer, right? I yeah yes I am yeah okay so, I just want to clarify I'm projecting I normally would not ask that to a guest especially when I don't know well but just for our audience at home you're not slamming lesbians <laughs> no not at all I wear a lot of athletic clothing I like I was immediately just like oh it's one of my people you're rooting <laughs> for it I know well also yeah. like sometimes I did the same thing in the movie we did last week where. I mean, it, the way that sometimes in Lifetime and in these movies of the week, the lack of dialogue or sort of like adjustment when they're filming, like it it does read as like a little lesbianic because like you're like, are they going to kiss or there, yeah, there's so much tension between a lot of these adult female characters? I was like, wait wait like yeah yep. it is very like are they gonna kiss or do they just need like a line or like do they need to like maybe not make the music so intense right now because all of our cues from like watching i would say most movies are that when there's an intense silence like that a kiss is usually coming um but yeah so <laughs> lindy uh we're gonna hear a scene where lindy rolls up while Miss Meadows is drying herself off with a towel. And then we're going to hear a scene where Lindy and Carrie are in Carrie's bedroom. Um, and if you think that things have been unprofessional and inappropriate up until now, wait until this scene. So it's 3944 to 4435. Excuse me. Can I help you? You're Marlo Meadows and you're Coach Glenn, yes? I'm sorry, but how do we know you? We don't. But you know Carrie. I saw you at the practice the other day. Look, I don't want to be here any more than either of you want the coach's wife to know. I just wanted to show you these. 
Okay then. So as you know, Carrie wants the drill team to perform at her Sweet 16. And now that you've seen what I have here, you're gonna make that happen if you want these deleted after. Do we have a deal? You're seriously blackmailing me over some silly little party? It's not some silly little party. This is gonna be the party of the year. And what Carrie wants, I make sure she gets. Did Kayla put you up to this? Kayla has nothing to do with this. This has to do with me, you, him, and his wife, Donna. Whoa, 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 whoa. Please don't say anything to my wife. I have two kids at home. Yeah? Well, then maybe you should think about getting back to them, huh? All right, well, I've got places to be, so I've got to go. But I look forward to seeing you both at the party. Have a lovely evening. What did she say exactly? Eh, not that one. The neckline's not right. Well, she just told everyone that they're doing the dance at my birthday. I mean, at first people were confused because I had told them that they weren't. But then everyone got super excited. It was amazing. Wow. Well, that is amazing. Yay! <laughs> uh, well... Now this will give you a chance to show off your sexy dance moves to Charlie. Uh, I still need a lot of practice. It's not perfect yet. Uh, that one's okay, but I think we can do much better than okay. Here, try this one on. And anyway, you'll get a chance to get the moves down. Why don't you invite the team to the venue tomorrow to rehearse? Really? Yeah, you gotta look at it anyway. Thanks, Lindy, that's perfect. Now, you're pretty awesome. I mean, you're gonna make a great mom one day. Hey, are you okay? Is, is, is it something I said? No, not at all, it's not. It's just that I am. recently found out that I can't actually have children is all. Lindy. I'm, I'm so sorry. I, um, I was pregnant for a short period. The baby and couldn't get pregnant again after. That is so awful. But hey, there's lots of different kinds of options for having kids these days. You can still be a mom. Yeah, thank you. And it's just been so nice being able to plan this party with you. It's Kind of like having my own adopted daughter. <laughs> well, I think that's a really healthy outlook. Yeah. Oh, wow. I think that's the one. Really? Yes. I mean, it's really pretty. But did you see the tag? It's way, way outside the budget my mom said for the dress. Hush. Hush. I got the difference. What? No. I insist. 
You want the perfect party, you need the perfect dress. Now, if we just take it in a little bit here, then voila. Thank you, Andy. You know, it's funny. You kind of look like you could be my daughter. <laughs> funny, huh? This episode is sponsored by Book of the Month. I've been subscribed to Book of the Month for three months now, and I'm obsessed. If you're a big reader or maybe even a lapsed big reader who's been wanting to get back into it regularly, consider checking it out. Book of the Month, they read like hundreds of books every month from new and emerging authors, and they whittled on the list to just the very best. They provide you a diverse little selection of hardcover fiction to pick from, which is an element of it that I really love. I can find going into the bookstore to be super overwhelming. And when I know I have about a dozen really solid options to choose from, it makes the decision way easier. Plus, it's cheaper than other options. Shipping is always free. And there's a loyalty program with rewards and even lower prices if you choose to stick around. There's an app where you can pick your upcoming books and track the progress of your reading, and there are challenges on there with rewards. Your book arrives in a super aesthetically pleasing box, by the way. That's the kind of touch that I always really appreciate. Personally, I read at my own pace. Sometimes I can only get to one of my two books a month, and I keep the ones I haven't read yet on my windowsill right next to my bed so I can just see them all there. It inspires me to pick one up and read. It's nice to have options in front of you. If you're interested in trying it out, you can get your first book for $5 with code pastel at bookofthemonth.com. That's code pastel at bookofthemonth.com. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Yeah, that's fucking hilarious, Lindy. Um, so <laughs> funny. First of all, there's so much I want to unpack in these scenes, but I I do have to say that it just hit me how deeply funny it is that um, <laughs> Carrie looks at her and says, you know, I think that's a really healthy outlook. She just literally says healthy outlook. I was going to say that too. I'm like, are you kidding me? How, wh- how, who wrote this? <laughs> Um, okay, so like, uh, let's go back through the first scene. I have to say, first of all, that um, at this point, I'm so compelled. And we never really find out exactly what happened um, between 
like um I'm compelled by the like to know um what exactly happened between Marlo Meadows and Kayla in high there's school. There's like no there's like no real defined like you stole my boyfriend, you beat my sister up. There's nothing. They're just like they just didn't like each other. They were just jealous of each other. Just stupid girl stuff. Like ugh. And not I, worth it. Yeah, I like need to know why when this party planner shows up to her house and basically makes this threat, she jumps right to the idea of like, oh, did Kayla send you? Because like, right, like how old are you? I just, yeah, I would assume that like Marlo shot her dog, like based off of like the way that she feels like, oh, this is my day of reckoning. I always knew this would come. Did right. she send you? Really they should have given them something specific for sure. But I do understand why Marlo immediately was like, okay, yeah, like I'll do whatever it is I have to do to get you away from me. Because when she's, Lindy's like, no, this has nothing to do with Kayla. This is because we're having like the best party of the entire year. Maybe the party of the year. This is not some silly little party. What a psycho. It's amazing. (laughs) It's like, um, when if a grown woman was in my backyard telling me that like a 16 year old's birthday party was going to be the party of the year, I would be one thing I call the police about. That's the one thing (laughs) I would be so unnerved. Like I would be like, yeah, anything you say crazy, like I'll do whatever you want. Just don't come around here again. Um, and then we go to this bedroom scene where, Poor Carrie is trying on dresses that all look like they are from Wish.com. They look like they are from like par- like a prom dress haul you would see on someone's Instagram. They are horrific. And Lindy is sitting there being like, no, that's not the one for you. And I'm like, just choose better dresses. Like, I feel yeah, like that's not the one for anyone, Lindy. Like, <laughs> it, that's a great that's a great point. It was like the first one was like a T-shirt dress. And I'm like. It will like it's not that the dress looks bad on her. It's just that it's for a day at the beach. Right. It's not a sweet 16 dress. Like you only picked one sweet 16 dress and it's not even that fancy. Like, And then the one they settled on, it actually might be uh, like a nice dress. But be it, like in comparison to everything else, it really does look like a flammable piece of trash. But supposedly this dress is very expensive. And, you know, to the point where Lindy is out of pocket going to pay for this girl who she met. Let's think about this. They haven't even found Dulcie yet. So this woman has maybe been in her life for a total of three days. Maximum, yeah. Um, I would say pretty pushy. And also, you know, even when I was a kid, although I think I would have been extremely empathetic, I think I would have been a little bit confused why a woman I just met was crying to me about her infertility, which... I am not in any way degrading the struggle of that or, you know, motherhood in general. Like I un- like that is an incredibly emotional subject that is very emotionally charged for a lot of people. But it's but, like too heavy for a 15 year old, maybe probably. Well, especially maybe. a 15 year old who like you've known for three days and who is technically a cl- like their mother is a client. Like, you've been hired to plan a party, like, not get close to this girl in any capacity. So, so strange. Um, So this is, I mean, just, I mean, think about it. If this was her, if this was like, you're an adult and this is your wedding planner and you are all of a sudden just like go in on someone's life. Like I would, I would be very, um, I would find that very jarring and I would be asking my friends like, hey, is it normal for like your wedding planner to be this? 
over the top with you? Like, is she, is it normal to have your wedding planner tell you that you're like family to her and pay out of pocket for, you know, your bouquet? Your like, dress. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's yeah. why it's so tragic is because she's like, it's just that Carrie's just a teenager. So she doesn't see all these red flags quite the same way. Like, no, yeah. of course not. If anything, like it's all very manipulative because she's talking to Carrie like she's a peer. And, you know, I can be very motherly to like 25 year olds. Like I tend to view anyone younger than me as like a baby. And I, yep. um, you know, I'm not saying that like there's no world in which I would, you know, smoke pot in the presence of a 16 year old. Okay. This is Hollywood baby. Like <laughs> that, like, you know, they're just kids, kids know more these days. That sounds like I actually smoke pot regularly or have ever smoked pot in front of a 16 year old as an adult. But, um, I guess well, what I smoke pot regularly as an adult and I literally as a teenager had an adult who smoked pot regularly with us. So oh, no. it's not I'm, uncommon as you think, unfortunately. No, I know it's not uncommon. That's like sort of, but I'm also want to make it clear that uh, first of all, I also smoke pot s- somewhat regularly still. And two, um, you know, I, I guess I'm just like, I just don't want people to think I'm a degenerate, but ultimately <laughs> um, the, the thing is like, so weird is like Lindy I have more the fact that I right away have more maternal instinct toward Carrie than Lindy does because Carrie's like, oh, are you going to like dance it up at your birthday party and like show Charlie your moves? And it's like, girl, what are you? She's a child. What are you trying to do? Like, I understand like the sort of, you know, you're trying to pull a reverse Kayla and you're trying to be like, there's no boundaries with me, babe. But like when I was. 15 I would not have felt comfortable if an adult was like so you're gonna get some ass this weekend like I absolutely would have been I would think that it was a plant to like to tell on me there I there those did exist in my life so yeah (laughs) um but yeah so Lindy and Carrie are walking downstairs and right at that moment Kayla comes in with her assistant and she's like oh what are you doing here and Lindy's like oh you know we had to try the dresses on without you because I have to get this to the tailor by the end of the day and Shonda her assistant is like well can we see the damn thing and and she's like I'll send you a screenshot so she starts to take off to the door and um right before she can leave she says um you're going to love the dress. I promise. And she, uh, she, Oh yeah. Kayla says back, hopefully more than I love her. So I don't, yeah, it was kind of a, Oh, sorry. Lindy leaves. And then Carrie says to her mom, you're going to love the dress promise. And then Shonda says, well, hopefully more than I love her. So Shonda and Kayla are already poisoned against Lindy. They're picking up on her weird ass vibes. It is very strange that she won't show them the dress. And I'm still a little bit confused about that. Maybe that was like her way of controlling what Carrie wore to her own party by not even giving Kayla a chance to opt out. Right, because Kayla has been kind of controlling, so, but it's not like the dress is, like, slutty or anything, so it's not like she would have a problem with it. I don't know, I wonder. I would just say she's been, like, a mom. Like, she is, you know, I don't think she's overbearing. I think that she just, like, you know... No, I don't think so at all. I think that, like, I mean, I don't know. If that's overbearing, then I grew up in a prison. But, like, I think that... Yeah, my parents were just not very parenty, is all, I guess. I don't know. I, I also was really hard to... 
it, it, I'm kind of just like, don't tell me what to do as a person. It's, I was kind of a nightmare child, probably. So you rebel against um, authority figures. Yeah. So they just knew kind of not to take too firm a hand with me or I would do the exact opposite of what they wanted. So they were just kind of a little more chill. Like, don't, don't tell me what to wear. Don't tell me to who to hang out with, you know, like that's going to be a fight you're going to lose. So like her mom was all like, bumping on the boy thing like immediately like you said like it's it's weird i don't love it she needs to mind her own business and okay <laughs> i well i feel totally differently i mean i'm a, i've always been amazed by people that especially when i was younger like kids who really like you know would brush up against authority because for me i was just always so terrified of getting in trouble i still don't like the idea of like if i'm at, to a fault it's actually kind of sad if someone says no to me i tend to listen um even when it's like you're an adult like do what you want like why why does that person get the say over yeah like i just don't ask i just do the thing like i'm i'm not someone who asks for permission so it's like i don't know it's it's tricky it's like i do i respect some authority when I feel like it, I don't know. It's so hard to explain. But the thing where <laughs> Kayla said, like, basically, she's 15. Like, I don't want her in like a four inch heel. I, yeah, I think like, it was two and a half. It was a two and a half inch heel. I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't think I've ever had shorter than a six inch heel. Calm down, woman. I don't see. I, w- I don't think I was allowed to wear heels till I was in college. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Like, yeah, I was very, allowed very to wear, like a, sh- like, a short, like, heel on a sandal, like a two-inch heel, but I was not allowed to, like, wear a stiletto. My mom was like, you're going to break your ankle, and we're too poor for that. Like, we don't have time for you to break your ankle. It was... See, for me, it was... My mom was kind of just like, you're an idiot. You're going to break your ankle, and I'm not going to take you to the doctor if you do. <laughs> that's so funny. I... Yeah, no, I mean... It's, all your, it's your fault, so don't hurt yourself, and that's basically... Every house has a different vibe, you know? Um, That's what I love about these conversations is sort of like learning how people grew up in comparison to me. Um, That's what I love about Lifetime movies is seeing like, I'm like, wait, is this normal? Is this what normal people had? Because this is so far from my experience. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, everything. My mom, you know, I even when I was making my own money, like I could buy things, but like whether or not I left the house in them was really like that was my mom's final line and she ruled enough of my life like she could make enough decisions about my life that it was just worthwhile to listen to her like i didn't want to not hang out with my friends because i decided to be like a fucking cunt about a tank top like that was like <laughs> just to me i was like i would rather be able to take the train and go see concerts with my friends than i i would like wear this tank top um but you know, I think the fact that I was also like chubby, like really worked in my mom's favor because it wasn't like I was trying anything that risque anyway. Like I was too ash- like ashamed of my body to be out there trying anything. So some good Catholic yeah, shame, you know, on, like I was big on like big black hoodies and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, so we don't really get these scenes in movies that much anymore. And I really appreciated it because it's invitation day. And, you know, you don't get an invitation day scene very often in modern cinema because kids just don't really operate with like a printed invitation as much anymore. I feel like it was printed. I missed it. Was it pretty? What was the font like? I I mean, I missed it as well. I assumed it was celestial just based on the on the 
um, envelope, which was like a silver purple color. Um, but yeah, it looked like expensive paper. I thought that was a gigantic if they were especially if they were concerned about budget, that was a gigantic waste of uh, cash. I think I had like a tri-folded piece of printout printer paper with stars on it for my Sweet 16. I do not think we got invitations printed up. But right, you made it in like the Hallmark card maker on Windows 95. Like- <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Exactly. That was like when like buying stationary and then like tinkering with your printer for three hours in order to print it on the different size piece of paper. That was like, why don't printers ever work? <laughs> what? Never work. Um, and like, I feel like ink cartridges are the most expensive thing on the planet and it doesn't make any sense. Like they really have us by the balls um, on the printer thing. Um, it, it, that makes me wonder if like some ink company owns stock in Kinko's. Because like FedEx Kinko's is just the only way to go. What's their parent company? I'm going to think about I'm going to look up that tonight. But anyway, she's walking around handing out the invitations and she's looking good doing it. And Charlie, you know, is really feeling her and um, checks her out as she's walking away. Um, And then we go to Kayla's office where the assistant um, is ready to dish on what she seems to think is some hot goss. Um, this scene is wild to me. I'm going to play it. It's just about a minute long. Um, 4554 to 4657. Yeah, I know. Oh, he was so ugly. Okay, talk to you later. Oh, bye. You will never guess what happened. What? The police stopped by earlier asking about that party planner we interviewed, Dulcie. Yeah? What about her? Apparently, she was murdered. What? Yeah, the other night. And your cell and the gallery's numbers were the last numbers she called, so they want to know what we knew. What did you tell them? That we tried to hire her, never heard back? Now we know why. Wow. Do they know what happened? Said it was a home invasion robbery gone bad. Ah, that is just awful. Right? Should we tell Carrie? Mm, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't. I don't want to make things worse than they already are. What could be worse than Lindy? Ugh. Hate that fake smile she puts on. Oh, we'll send you a screenshot, Kay. And I have to run, otherwise I'll hit traffic. (laughs) Right? She's probably the only person who wouldn't feel bad about what happened to poor Dulcie. Oh, God, no. Okay. This is more on the nose dialogue there. <laughs> such well, like it's such a disturbing way f- to see two adults process the news that someone who had you as their last two calls in their phone that was literally just in the room that you guys are in three days ago was brutally murdered at in her home. Like that is such Fair a point. They're like they are. They literally are like gossiping. Whereas most people would be like thrown and and really scared and sad yeah (laughs) well this is like the reaction honestly that i would expect from misty and may like this is how i would expect those two bitches to process this i think carrie if she was there she would have cried and she seemed less interested in dulcie the whole time so that's what i want to know why didn't they tell carrie that this woman got murdered like that would be useful information she would immediately put pieces together but whatever (laughs) 
Right. And like, or, you know, not even a piece of like throwaway dialogue where like, oh, that's why she like didn't. That's why she never responded to my bid. Maybe she said something like that. But it just seemed like they move on really quickly and then transition directly into shit talking Lindy, like the way me and my friend Ed would like about mm-hmm. someone random in our 20s. Like there's like someone who's so inconsequential in in terms of like the scope of what just happened. Um, but also someone that they don't really have any like they don't have any real reason to hate yet other than they think she's fake and annoying. No, and like I don't know. And Dulcie carried the whole movie, so like she's important. They she should be more. She did carry that movie on her whole ass bag. It was very, <laughs> very like she for someone who was on sta- on screen for like four collective minutes, she really like I'm rooting for her more than I am anyone. I'm rooting for Dulcie's memory in this movie. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> I just um I thought it was like sort of a, a shitty move to make Kayla appear to have like the emotional understanding of a literal child in that scene. Um, but that also kind of that kind of makes the coach and Kayla thing be like, okay, well, Kayla's just a cunt, so nobody likes her. So, all right, right, like- right. That's true. So, okay, then um, let's just like set up a little timeline check for everyone at home. Um, since she got hired the day after the meeting, Lindy. Well, first of all, she killed Dulcie. She showed up at Carrie's school multiple times. She had Carrie over her house and gave her alcohol. She threatened the coach's lives and she did her dress shopping and then like came clean about her infertility. Like that is so much to happen in a week. Oh, and she almost hit a teenage girl with her car. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Like when is um when is Carrie getting her homework done? <laughs> She's well, it, it's her sophomore year, so she might not have any yet. Like like you said, junior year is when that really <laughs> I know, that's the big push. This was her last hurrah before finding out she was adopted, you know? Um <laughs> but okay, so um Lindy shows the girls on the dance team um and Carrie the venue after school. And Lindy has Carrie wearing a blindfold, um, <laughs> which is just so bizarre. Um She's we- very strange. We also live in an age where, like, you can Google a venue. Like, there's really no need to surprise someone like that anymore. Yeah, that teenager would have. Like, if she knew what the venue was, she would have already looked at it online. And also, it sort of, like, makes it seem like Lindy went ahead and booked without checking with anyone if that venue was okay. Uh, Also weird. Yes, again, spending your money without checking with you. More red flags. Also, just because, like, you like like reserve the banquet room for like 8 p.m on the 25th does not mean that place can become your fucking flop house on the 12th like she literally has all these girls right in this why can they room. just rehearse in that space that's not that's not even a space for dancing like what right and so like these girls you know they're all um they're all ready to like throw their shit down and start practicing their dances and misty pulls out a four pack of beer um and apparently oh, oh. 13 of them (laughs) right and then carrie's like you know um apparently like carrie had told misty that lindy wouldn't mind so lindy's in cool mom territory um and lindy's like you know what i didn't see anything just have fun and don't get wasted so carrie said she's actually gonna stay like she's not gonna stay back with the girl she's gonna go with lindy and check out the whole place um and then we get a little line from savannah where she goes well i don't usually drink but when uh but i do when it's for my friend's birthday um you know good for them i guess 
what are they going to do with four beers? <laughs> Not much. So I mean, they're all like small, small and teenagers or whatever, but uh, not much. <laughs> so then Kayla's assistant, Shonda, um, they're at the gallery. She tells her to cut loose. Basically, she says, you know, she, you know, wants to her. She wants her to be there for her daughter's party. She doesn't mind doing this. In fact, you know, she loves the overtime pay and she wants to make sure that Lindy isn't blowing her budget. And that's where I was like, wait a minute. What? Like you're. <laughs> You're saying pay me overtime so you can go watch this party planner. I guess obviously overtime, um, you know, it's uh, it's probably a much different scale than Lindy ordering like 500 cakes that she wasn't supposed to. But I thought that was like a very odd argument um, about the overtime. Why not just like you've been a loyal employer to me and I'm happy to do that while your daughter is about to celebrate her 16th birthday. Right. And it seems like they're like close friends too. like the family is close with Shonda. So like, it wouldn't be about the overtime, I don't think. But yeah. Yeah. Well, like Shonda, you know, Shonda did that, you know, bit in the beginning when she was like, oh, I'm ordering delivery, but you're paying for it. Like, you know, Shonda loves to piss away their money. So I find it rich that she is concerned now. Um, But yeah, so Lindy is like, you know, running a dance practice and she's clapping along going one two three four she's like running that shit she's like big smiles girls um i thought that came a little bit out of left field that lindy feels prepared to coach these girls um but then kayla comes in and surprises them and lindy's like oh it's so nice of you to join misty runs over and she covers up the beers because obviously kayla is um, an actual mom and wouldn't be comfortable with these teenagers like recreationally drinking in the afternoon. Um, and Kayla says that Shonda is going to basically cover the rest of the work for the big opening. So she can b- be there to plan the rest of the party. And right away you're like, "Uh Oh, Shonda, watch out girl. Like it's, it's your turn next. Um, the way Lindy snaps her neck back to like trace like Carrie and Kayla with her eyes when they leave the room is truly comedic. And I wish, I could insert a gif in this podcast for you. It's it's hilarious. Um, but yeah, so then we see Shonda's hanging up art at the gallery. She is, in fact, working overtime. She's there very late. Um, and we open up this scene with like a tight shot on this graffiti style penguin that kind of looks like the devil at first. But then when you pan away, it looks just like a penguin. I don't know if it was intentionally supposed to look like that. Maybe I'm looking for a metaphor. But, um, you know, I guess our takeaway from this is, oh, they have interesting art and something sinister is happening. Um, yeah. So she's hanging these paintings and she like, you know, stands back to take them in and she hears the door creak and she calls out hello. Of course, no one's fucking there when she asks because there never is in these movies. Um, She decides to put a little plaque underneath the painting and then the lights get cut out. Um, Long story short, I don't think we need to go through the step by step of the action here. But Lindy comes out of the shadows with a hammer in her hand and she um, knocks uh, Shonda over the head. She throws it at her, like not like from like across the room, but she like throws it. I was like, that was brutal. And also like, I can't believe you're going to all this trouble to hurt this person. I really thought she was killing her, but like really just so, just so the mom can't have time to help plan. This is insane. This is so, so much work, so much work. (laughs) I mean, also, I'm not sure if you like picked up on this, but it seems like in some of these scenes, Lindy is wearing 
what looks to be like a very short nun habit or like a do rag of some type. Like in this, yeah. Scene. What is that? Like it's not a disguise. It's like a shroud. Like what is that on her? What is that? Well, is, is it a is it a double? Maybe they've got a different person and they've just wanted to cover their head. I I don't know. That's highly possible. That is actually a very good question. Um, the way that hammer was thrown was pretty skillful. Like that was pretty amazing. I thought it looked like. Um, Honestly, it looked like it could be mistaken for a bob haircut in silhouette. And so I thought maybe like she was they were trying to maybe have the audience question whether or not it was Lindy who did this. But it just seemed I don't I think your answer is more logical is that they just had a body double and they thought, oh, maybe we can pass it off as if Lindy would put on a do rag to go murder someone. Whatever it was, it was very strange. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I I mean, I wrote in my notes here. I don't think it's smart to murder Shonda. It seems like any thinking person would put together that uh, who's responsible for these crimes, you know, given they're so connected and this is so unnecessary. Like if anything, like as much as Lindy's not smart to murder Shonda, she's certainly got away with it for she didn't murder her, but like she's certainly got away with this for a lot longer than you would think. So I kind of just think everyone in this movie is dumb, but Lindy is still like even in this world, Lindy's still like a, you know, a not necessarily a sophisticated criminal. No, she's just crazy. She really is just crazy (laughs) um okay so lindy rolls up to the house the next day and jason answers the door and she can sense something is wrong um because she did it but also because she can sense something's wrong and he says that shonda was attacked in the gallery last night um it seems like a concussion kayla's gonna go check her out at the hospital so she goes inside um like comes inside with them and she goes into the kitchen where carrie is sitting there and the way Lindy greets Carrie is like as if that's her daughter who has just gone through an emotional thing and Carrie like you know she receives that because she's a teenager and teenagers think that someone they spoke to for three days is like their new best friend like in high school or in middle school high school best friends could come and go so easily like the people you felt close to I had like a list of my eight best friends in middle school. And I was like, oh, yeah. And it, basically, it was just all the people I talked to. So you had a MySpace top eight before MySpace. That's sick. Totally. My grandmother <laughs> would be like, who are your friends? And I would like list like 13 people that I was like, well, those are my best friends. But then my other friends and I'm like, <laughs> looking back, I'm like, those are just the people that like acknowledged your presence when you were in middle my school. Best friends. Those are the people who actually make eye contact with me. Those are my best friends. <laughs> so, um, you know, we find out that Shonda's awake now and Lindy's like, you know, I'm so sorry to hear about this. Do they know who did it? And Kayla says she thinks it was someone who clearly wanted to take the new piece they got in. And I'm like, Oh, Kayla, honey, like, I love that you think that you (laughs) have such good art there that you're going to be like (laughs) the victim of an art heist. Just be like one painting is missing. And also your assistant is like nearly dead. So I wouldn't really you know, could mislead on Lindy's part. Like, I guess that was arguably where she made it seem unconnected, I guess. Yeah. Um, but also anyone who's going to like, <laughs> why not steal the set? Like those are the- yeah, steal more than one painting. Yes. They were, they were like a legal size piece of paper painting as well. It wasn't like yeah, but yeah. a, a particularly <laughs> large thing. Um, 
So Carrie's like, oh, you know, should I come to the hospital with you too? And for some reason, Kayla's like, oh yeah, like I forgot. Assume, I guess she assumes like, oh, we're going to go to the hospital and then get my decorations or something. I'm so confused by what Kayla's thought process was here. But um, basically we find out that they were, you know, they're going to go get the decorations. And um, she says, you know, Lindy, you can totally do that. And also, do you mind watching Carrie while we're out? Um, and, and Carrie's like, mom, I'm, I'm 15. I don't need a babysitter. And Lindy's like, no, of course I will guard her. Like she's my own. So later again, in another wildly inappropriate move, the party planner tells a 15 year old girl how she should pick her husband. Um, let's play 32, 35 to 54, 32. All I'm saying is that you need to be smart when choosing your mate. You mean only date a man with money? <laughs> no, of course not. <sighs> and look, you're only in high school. All I'm saying is that the decisions that you make now with boys can have an effect on you later in life as well. I mean, no one knows better than me. I got caught up with the wrong boy in high school, and it took me a long time to grow up and realize what I deserved. Now, I like Charlie, but I'm just saying that you have to be realistic. Okay. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Uh, is this it? Yeah, these are all the family albums down to the year I was born. Okay, well, we're going to want to pull about 40 to 50 picks for the collage. So let's have a look. <clears throat> huh. Seems strange. There's not any photos from your birth. Maybe you were adopted. I mean, you don't really look that much like Kayla or that much like your father, for that matter. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm sure they're in a, a separate special album or something from the hospital. Yeah. Maybe. LOL. Ha ha. I'm just fucking ha. suggesting you're adopted. Ha ha ha. And how would the, the mom thing too? That was just, I mean, almost too much, really. Like. Yeah, you know, the thing is about her is like about Lindy is that I obviously realize in an in an ideal situation, this is true as much as possible, but in many, it can't be true. I think consistency and messaging is very important in parenting. And I cannot like I can't understand how the same Lindy who's like yeah you should get horny for Charlie at your party is also standing there being like oh um you know you really gotta like make good decisions in high school and be very careful when you're picking a man yeah you have to like find a rich lawyer to marry when you're 16 obviously like yeah, because like marrying a rich man obviously worked out so well for Lindy. Um, but yeah, like it's just the messaging is all over the place. And then I have to say, 
it's so um, sinister how she plants this idea in her head. Like you almost have to wonder how far back this went for her. Was she like the plan? Was she like, oh, well, I'm going to go there after school and we're going to do the photo board. And then while we're doing the photo board, I'll point out that they don't have any pictures of her in the first month of her life. Ah, yeah, that's that, yeah, that was probably always in the back of her mind. But like, can we talk about the I'm sorry, 40 to 50 picture collage? That's super busy. And this is why you want Dulcie to plan your party and not this woman, because that's going to be a crazy collage. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Additionally, like, no offense. I mean, I, I know the picture of like the baby in the in the hospital, like, is, you know, just like all no, snuggled up. I know that that's no, babies are ugly when they're born. Sorry. Right. I'm sorry. Like, that's either a cute portrait that's like taken, I guess, by the hospital. I've always been confused about who takes those like sort of like Olin Mills for like one hour old babies. Um, like close up red faced babies in weird hospital clothes. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't be like, please, you know, for my 16th birthday, I would like a picture of me covered in placenta laid across my mother's bare breast. Um, uh, <laughs> that's what every teenager wants, right? Yeah, I want Charlie to see that. Um, so when Jason and Kayla get home, Carrie's looking through the album still. And I'm sitting here like, well, where's Lindy? Wasn't she supposed to babysit her? She's not doing her job. Where the fuck is Lindy? She had one job. And what she did instead of just watching her is she like, you know, put this planted this seed in her head that she is adopted. And Carrie's, you know, very upset when she's looking through these albums and her parent parents are just trying to like go to bed. Basically, it's been a long day dealing with Shonda's concussion at the hospital. Um, But as before they can like really get to their room, Carrie goes, why aren't there any pictures of me at the hospital when I was born? And her parents are like, you know, I mean, they're caught red handed. They knew this day was coming. Um, They just didn't think they thought it would be in the summer. Um, (laughs) This is a different time of year than they anticipated. So (laughs) they tell Kayla that it was always their intention to tell her when she was 16. Um, You were ours when you were less than a month old. And, you know, Carrie's very hurt to learn that they kept this from her. In her words, she says, there's nothing else that can be said anymore. Um, But she does have more to say. She said that she'd always wondered why she didn't have art skills or skin like her mom and why she didn't look like her dad at all. And now she knows. I thought I was like, the way she goes, I don't look like dad at all. Like the way she sort of gestured to him. I, I was like... If your dad wasn't hot, that would be so fucking derogatory. Like, (laughs) I don't look like this asshole. Yeah, who the fuck is this guy? Like, although I have to say, I I think that I probably, I think that I probably would not handle this much better than her. I think I would feel incredibly betrayed and probably go through a spiral after something like this. Yeah, because it's really late to find out that your whole identity is just a little bit different than you thought it was. That's crazy. Plus, um, they are a close family, and she's, you know, I would say categorically a good kid. Like, she is a kid that there's no reason why they would have kept this from her. And she, so no, also, she's a perfectly well adjusted goody two shoes. Like, she would have been fine, probably. Like, right. And so, like, in her little 15 year old brain, all she has is like, there must be something very perverse and terrible about being adopted. Um, but the girl is so good. I almost cried. I'm not like, I, she was really, she was really good in this scene. I was like, wow. They get you sometimes, huh? Yeah. Doesn't that surprise you? 
Well, I just didn't, ex first of all, I didn't expect her to confront them that way, like emotionally like that. I didn't expect, I expected maybe like her mom would walk into her bedroom and there would be like a little quiet conversation. I didn't expect it to be like a both parents were all crying situation. So it really caught me off guard. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought they did a good job with this scene and in a movie that really, but again, it's it's like the thing. It's like, oh, God, you know, that was like a good emotional scene. Why did the rest of the movie have to be such a cartoon? Right. It's right. Exactly. <laughs> Strange when like a decent or it, it makes me feel bad for the actors. Honestly, if I'm being honest with you, because you can see right there that she is capable of like doing yeah, some good work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Kayla tries to talk to Carrie that night before bed, but there's no answer. And we pan around inside her room and see that Carrie's not ignoring her mom. She's fucking gone. Um, she's climbed out the window. And of course, she's at Lindy's crying her eyes out because this, you know, absolutely wildly inappropriate relationship is out of control between the two of them. It's like, girl, go to Savannah's house. Like, <laughs> that's seriously. Yeah, she, she says something about why she didn't go to Savannah's house. And it's like a really flimsy excuse. And I hate it. Well, we'll play. It's a 30, well, 28 second clip, 57.32 to 58 minutes. I'm really sorry to come here. It's, I think Savannah just fell asleep because she didn't answer my text. Hey, you do not apologize. I am here for you always. You know that. Like at the party or like, like, what do you mean you're here for her always? Like she, you know, poor, poor Carrie, her whole life has just been like, you know, when you're that young, like your life is like so small. It's like a could all fit on a dime. So like the fact that like, you know, her whole life was torn apart and she's now being emotionally vulnerable with this woman. Um, it really, I know that, I know that Lindy is supposed to be a bad guy and she is a bad guy, but I'm like, dude, someone's got to intervene. Like this is getting, I'm surprised that she and Carrie aren't driving to Canada right now. Uh, or Mexico. Yeah, <laughs> totally. That, um, that well, they'd look for them in Canada second. So, you know, you got to go, you got to get the Mexico true. out of the way. This is LA. It's like the obvious move. That's true. You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, so Kayla is obviously wrecked by this. Um, she's in a in the kitchen a couple days later when Jason tells her, you know, she needs to eat. She hasn't eaten in two days. Um, and that's when Carrie comes downstairs for school holding like an odd amount of shit, like not odd in real life because high schoolers I think all I remember doing throughout like maybe six to um junior year was just I was always carrying shit that was not manageable like <laughs> like a presentation board and a tennis racket <laughs> and like some large backpack that was giving me scoliosis. yeah <laughs> but in a lifetime movie they always got the girl like walking out the door with nothing but a folder so I was like oh okay like that's an appropriate amount of props they just gave her um serious, but I love the note that they she hasn't worn like a crop top or anything like rebellious teen at all in this movie yet until this scene and i love that choice i'm just like oh yeah she's like fuck you i'm wearing a crop top you don't even talk to me you're not even my mom like <laughs> go for it crop top you know tell them who's who so at school carrie's coach marlo comes up to her and you know this is the first time we see marlo sort of 
have any sort of kindness or sweetness to her at all. Um, and she tells her, you know, she knows she's she seemed a little bit off today. Um, and she goes, oh, you knew my mom in high school, so you probably knew I was adopted. And Marlo's like, kind of like, yeah. Um, and this really hits with Carrie because she's just like, oh, e- like literally everyone knew I was adopted except for me. Oh, that is like such a relatable, sad feeling. Just like in general, like anytime you're the last to know anything about yourself, it's very sad. Oh, it's so sad. Oh, there's nothing worse than being the last to the party on your own life. Um, But yeah, like, you know, Marlo tells her, you know, your mom was kind and sweet and beautiful in school. And I was terribly jealous of her. And I really hope that having you on the dance team um, and, you know, training you basically to be one of the best would help make that up. So all of a sudden, Marlo being so hard on her at practice makes a little bit more sense because Marlo is not just pushing for her to be an average dancer. She wants her to be an excellent dancer. Um, That's so dance coach. That's such a dance coach thing. They're so totally well, like (laughs) manipulative. Like that was like what I was dying about when I was watching cheer because like that, Uh, that chick, whatever, I forgot her name. I don't know why. I know I don't either, but she's amazing. <laughs> she's totally amazing. And but like also just like the shit talk that would go on where she'd be like, yep, you're doing great. And then she'd turn. She'd be like, he's not ready. No, it's a mess. It's like <laughs> disgusting. Have you seen? No, his, his jumps are terrible. Like it just was like, you know, I, these these dance teachers, you know, it has to be. There's a reason why sports psychology is like a whole category, dude. There's a lot of like mental shit that goes into that that I wouldn't relate to. None of it applies to me. Um, But yeah, so they're having this like kind of nice moment when Lindy rolls up. And this is unsettling to everyone, including Savannah, who sort of walks up to the coach and watches uh, Lindy and Carrie walk off. And then we're going to see a clip of Carrie at Lindy's house. This is 5935 to 101.17. Carrie, I'm sure that your mother loves you as if you were her own. Yeah, but not. How did Carrie find out about her parents anyway? Apparently, she and Lindy were going through some old photos. Lindy wanted to create a collage and she couldn't find any baby photos of Carrie like anywhere. Why does it say low on the back of Cher's dog tie? Oh, um, that was my maiden name. Oh, okay. Okay, so why don't we um, order some yummy takeout and make a playlist for the DJ? You know, I, I should probably be getting home before my parents freak out again and start calling me. What are we being, like, considerate of their feelings now, even though they weren't considerate of yours? I'm sorry. That was out of line. I just... I'm just still upset for you. It'll be fine. I mean, I'm still not talking to them, but... uh, Still, I should probably be getting home.
Okay, so she finally knows that there's like a bad smell in Lindy's metaphorical kitchen. Like she is like, there's something fucking weird here. I'm getting strange vibes. Um, And she would know exactly what it was if her mother had told her that that woman was murdered because she knew her last name. So come on. (laughs) Absolutely. And like, you know, I hate it. Again, when these like diabolical characters are actually low key, very dumb. And I know that criminals tend to be not brilliant. Um, Sometimes they're just like good at blurring the evidence. But, um, you know, I I feel like I would have probably figured out how to change the address on Cher's microchip by now, let alone like take the tag off the collar. What's the first thing you do is take the collar off. Come on, like. Uh, yeah, I kind of am like shocked. I mean, I, I'm definitely shocked that she keeps getting away with this. Um, the music in this scene starts to really tell a story as Lindy dr- drops her off and gives her a hug at the door good night. Um, and Kayla, you know, sees her getting out of the car and we're just, you know, we're sensing a lot of doom. But Kayla's also not like, why, like, there's no scene between them where she's like, why were you at the party planner's house, like, late at night again? What? Are you guys having an affair? Like, what? Like, what? Well, like, that's where I'm going to, if I'm going to have a little lesbian film theory here, I'm going to say I would think as Kayla, I'd be like, is my daughter, like, exploring her sexuality with the party planner? Right. Like what? Why? What business? Did, what? <laughs> Maybe I don't need to be concerned about Charlie. Maybe it's about me, <laughs> you know? Um, so Kayla's looking to um, at a book at the gallery the next day when Marlo comes to talk to her and she's like, Marlo Meadows. Um, and she says, basically, like, you know, I don't know if you know this, but you know, Kayla, I used to follow you on Facebook and a couple years out of college, I assumed you, you know, I assumed you adopted a baby girl because she started posting pictures with her kind of out of nowhere. And I was really happy for you, maybe even a little bit jealous. You know, truth be told, she's always been a little jealous of her. And Kayla's like, you were the most popular girl in school. Like, why would you be jealous of me? And she says that people thought she was pretty and fun to gossip about. But people liked Kayla because she was night because she she was kind and artistic and she cared about things that mattered, which I thought was very, um, very self-aware of Marlo as a high schooler to suss out. Because I feel like all the popular girls at my school were just such dark narcissists that they didn't even realize that their popularity really just hinged on the fact that it was like presumed their parents were very, very wealthy and they were fun to talk shit about. Right. Like everyone was jealous of the car that their parents bought them. So they felt like it was okay to talk shit about them. Like (laughs) for me, it was like um, the way that so many kids would come back with tans after Christmas Oh, right. Like clearly you went somewhere fancy and I've never (laughs) even left the state. And like, meanwhile, it was like maybe Club Med or like maybe visiting their grandparent in Florida. But in my mind, I was like, yeah, well, you got on an airplane on the five days we had off over Christmas. So I'm pretty sure. (laughs) No, that's a luxury for sure. I didn't like leave the state until I was like 10 years old. (laughs) Yeah, um, it definitely. Yeah, it definitely is a sign of wealth for sure. Um, So, you know, she says that Carrie is just like, you know, 
Kayla in so many ways and um, that she really is her daughter through and through. And Kayla tells Marlo that Carrie isn't talking to her anymore. Marlo's like, I'm so sorry about that. You know, the reason why I'm actually stopping by is because I think you need to be very careful around that party planner of yours. And Kayla's like, what? Like, she's shocked, which... I have to say, come on, Kayla, like you and your friend have had this gut instinct about her. You and Shonda have been talking shit about her since the jump. You didn't even want to hire her. She has now wedged your way into your daughter's life. You don't know what dress she's wearing to her party that you're paying for. Like, how can you be so shocked? Um, And like, wouldn't the first thing you'd think about be that murder? Or um, right. is that just me? Like, <laughs> Or Shonda being assaulted in the very building that you stand in at this moment. Uh, Seriously, like basically anytime anyone gives me any sort of red flags, I'm like, okay, are they a murderer? So <laughs> Right. And so Marlo tells her that she threatened to expose her affair with a married coworker. Um, she trespassed and antagonized them like a crazy person. Marlo says that she wanted to tell her the truth about her jealousy first and foremost, because she wanted her to trust her when it came to her feedback about Lindy. Um And I thought that made more emotional sense as an arc for them than almost anything else that happens in this movie. Like, that's so adult to go someplace and address a deep-rooted issue so you could get to the bigger problem at hand. I loved it. Oh, yeah. Like, I love the revisiting high school as an adult and apologizing and growing, and that's lovely. And then... But then here's the real business. Like, actually, this woman is a psycho. Watch out. Like, Totally. And then when she leaves the gallery, we see that someone is watching Marlo from behind the dumpster. And sure enough, it's Lindy. So that night, um, Kayla uses Query You, which is their version of Google. In this. <laughs> I wrote that down, too. I'm like, what? <laughs> Query You. Um, and so Lindy, you know, she's like really like looking up Lindy for the first time. I thought she was looking her up earlier. She was really just writing her that email, basically being like, don't give my teenage daughter alcohol. Um, I, don't, you, don't you quote unquote, I literally I wrote this down. Don't you query you someone before you hire them to plan your teenage daughter's birthday party? Like what? I would. I mean, I have to say, like when I even saw that they were, you know, doing paper resumes, I was a little like, oh, I in this day and age, I wouldn't trust a paper resume. No, you Google it. Yeah. Just knowing that, like how little like the fact that I did go to college and I did graduate. Like no one has literally ever asked me for proof of that. No one has ever asked for my GPA. And I feel like, okay, we kept a little like fast and loose with that stuff now, but now it's so not a secret that you can lie about that stuff that I would be like, no, everyone has to apply online and give links, like show me. (laughs) Not that I care. Like I wouldn't care if anyone went to college, but I just assume everyone lies on their resume. So I would never take that as like the Bible, but I start lying on my resume is what I've learned. Um, (laughs) I think you should. Um, so she finds an article um, saying that Senator Griffin Shores died in an accident and Lindy was obviously his wife. That was her. So now she's like, oh, her husband didn't just die. He died in an accident. Maybe that means murder. So she checks in on Carrie, sees that she's sleeping in her bed. And then, um, yeah, the next day, Carrie, Charlie and Savannah all have lunch together. This is a seriously troublesome scene. And finally, oh my where we're going to start to see some important turns. 105.18 to 106.46. Thank you. Mm. Oh. 
<laughs> you seem better today. Did you finally talk to your parents? No, but I did finally get some sleep. Thank you guys for being so sweet and checking on me so much. You're welcome. Maybe now you can talk to your mom so she'll stop texting me to check in on you? I'm gonna have to talk to them eventually, huh? Yes, you are. You so sure about that? Well, I mean, they've only been lying to you for what? The past 15 years? Hi, guys. Uh, Lindy, hey, uh, what are you doing here? Today's the day we try on your dress. For the party, you didn't forget, did you? I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry, I, I totally forgot. Uh, guys, I'll, I'll see you later. Bye. Yeah, yeah. I'll text you later. Okay. Bye. Uh, that was weird. Yeah. Do you think she followed us here after school? I, don't, I mean, unless she has a GPS tracking device on Gary's phone. At this point, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, uh, that lady gives me the creeps. Yeah. I really liked her at first, but I mean, now? What was that? That was weird. You should text her mom. You know what's weird, Savannah, is that in the two weeks since you've met this woman, you've had enough interactions with her to form an opinion. Like, that's what's weird. This is your friend's party planner, who now your friend is afraid of. And, like, basically, like, you know, as soon as Carrie thinks that Lindy might be upset, she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And she, like, gets up and grabs her coat. Like, uh, this is right, like this is not her aunt. This is not her godmother. This is not anyone to her. Why? Why aren't you more concerned about this relationship? <laughs> also, we're in a very dangerous place because I do think, like you know, if it came down to it, and Lindy was like, "Get in my car," she could she could easily kidnap Carrie at this point because Carrie. Oh yeah, this kid is so. That's what I was just going to ask. Was do you think that she's so malleable and so go with the flow that? Lindy literally just made up this appointment and that's why Carrie forgot it was because it never really existed. That's a good point. I think that that's like, highly possible. I mean, it's, um, yeah, it, it does. I mean, it's random. I have to also say that like, I understand Lindy has like nothing to do because she's like kind of basically pretending at this point that she has a party planning business. Um, <laughs> like she is so dressed up. Every time we see her. Yeah, like, I wonder what she actually, like, her, speaking of lying on your resume, like, do you think most of her resume is a lie? And she really just, like, did, like, shit for her husband? Like, well, so, yeah, that's the other thing I was kind of thinking, too. I was like, it seemed like that birthday party was a favor because her husband was at the birthday party. And most of her resume is, it, it does kind of seem like she's sort of like he got her his her jobs and stuff yeah like she's a trophy wife and like he's like oh this will this will make her happy and keep her busy like we'll let her pretend she's planning parties well yeah like what's more like that's exactly what the the socialite does you know it's like the wife the wife and the socialite like what else are you gonna do you plan parties (laughs) duh i also um you know i i'm gonna go ahead and say i think she was lying to our friend uh Dulce? Is that her name? Dulce? I don't fucking remember. Yeah. She, I think she lied to her about that insurance payment not being in because it seems to me that Lindy lives very comfortably. For sure. Um, she probably got like so much family money when you think about it, like from his family. 
there was at least life insurance for sure. Yeah. Because, yeah. and I'm sure the contents of their bank account or something, you know? Oh, well, yeah. There's no one else around to use that. And it's not like they had kids. So, yeah. She's doing well. Um, so, you know, we, that's a bad cut that they did, by the way. Like, they basically, in the middle of Charlie's line, he's like, you should tell her mom. And then they get kind of oh, yeah. commercial. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, I would, you know, I agree. Savannah probably should text her mom. It will, it will almost certainly get Savannah killed if she does. But I think that, like, we need to, you know, not at the cost of Savannah's life, but I do think someone needs to uh, alert. I thought she had already killed Savannah when Savannah wasn't answering her phone that night that she <laughs> confronted her phone about the adoption. It's like, really? <laughs> Can you imagine if like, oh my God, can you imagine her just like killing? I mean, of course you can, but like, that would I be can wild. just be like, she can't, she can't go to anyone else for comfort. It has to be me. So this poor teenage girl, like her family, like is somehow not home when this happens. But um, yeah, so that night, Lindy walks Carrie to the door at her house and she's like, are you okay being dropped off? And Carrie's like, of course I am. But you know, I have to talk to my mom now. And Lindy's like, why are you still calling her your mom? Like, you know, despite, and, and she's like, well, she is my mom. Like, <laughs> like just because I'm adopted, like, doesn't mean she's not my mom. So it's kind of, it's nice to hear her say that she knows that. Um, also, I'm not going to call her Kayla. That's a fucking weird thing for to call a mom. Like, <laughs> Yeah, hey, Kayla and Jason. Like, fuck you. It's going to be the longest three years of her life getting out of that house. So um, Kayla and Jason open the front door, um, like, right away. They're basically standing there waiting to open the door. This is another, like, 45 seconds I'm going to play. Um, it's... 10715 to 10832. Lindy, hi. Um, I'm not sure why what's happening with our family is any of your business, but can you tell me where you've had my daughter for the last three hours? Sure, we just went to pick up her dress and then we grabbed a quick salad. Well, you didn't tell us any of that. You also didn't tell us you were dropping her off last night either, so. Well, she needed to work on her routine last night and Someone needed to help her. I know she wasn't speaking to you, so... Carrie, honey, is all of this true? Of course, Mom. Why wouldn't it be? Just wondering, because uh, Lindy's been hiding some other things from us. Oh, I'm keeping secrets hidden now. <laughs> That's rich. Yeah, Mom, what are you talking about? Apparently, Lindy here threatened one of your teachers at your school and used you as her reason for doing it. I have no idea what you're talking about. That's ludicrous. Just another lie. Lindy. We appreciate everything you've done to get this party ready, but we're going to take it from here. Yeah, we're done. Here, wait, just give me a second to explain. It, it meant nothing, okay? It was, Linda, it was, remove your hand from my daughter before I remove it myself. You're fired. First of all, I have to say Jason's characters, You're Fired, was um, like it almost like it's almost as if like he exists in a movie about like like almost like the show Unreal and he's like on a reality TV show. Like the way he says it, it's such a, a delivery. Um, but to then he was so unnecessarily shade, like throwing shade at her, like just like rude. Well. <laughs> I'm going to I'm I'm going to have an argument for that. I will just say that like all the power was taken out of that line by the fact that the door like shut 
Yeah, he was so closing quietly. it quietly. Like the, <laughs> the door didn't slam. It didn't even. It just sounded like it had been weatherproofed into like another dimension, and like it just was the quietest little squeak. Um, I he was like quietly, slowly closing it as he was talking. Like it was so so subtle. I would have asked the sound department for like a slightly more effective, you know, jarring slam. But um, no, I mean, listen, listen, here's the thing. Lindy's standing there and being like, oh, like, oh, you're you're calling her a liar. And it's like, whoa, lady, like you are not supposed to be involved in this like adopted thing. Like, why are you even letting I know that's because she's you know, a psycho party planner and can't control yeah, her yeah. rage. But like but this is supposed to be a professional relationship. Why are you commenting on this? Yeah. I if I had like a long like a long game I was playing here, I would definitely have played that a little bit more chill. I would have played my involvement and sort of disgust and anger about them hiding their adoption secret to myself. Um even if if like an adult. <laughs> yeah, even if it's known that like the lines have been blurred between me and their daughter, I would probably still stay the fuck out of that. If anything, just to be a chill friend to the kid. Like I wouldn't want to blow up their spot, which right. Jason did. Away with Jason yeah. blew up Kayla's spot because at one point he's like, Oh yeah, um Kayla's friend from high school like came by and told us that you like threatened her and the way Kayla looks at him was like oh that was like for us like we weren't supposed to say that part like yeah like now she's gonna think we're conspiring against her together yeah she you could tell that Jason went off book in terms of like what he and Kayla had discussed behind closed doors but um Lindy gets home and another thing we've seen recently in movies she starts like just breaking stuff because she's so unbelievably mad um and she tries to call Carrie but she doesn't answer so she leaves her a voicemail apologizing for what happened and swears it was you know wasn't a big deal and ever since she it's like literally exactly what happened in murder at 17 that we just watched between like a emotionally broken 18 year old guy and like a 16 year old girl like the way that he was on her voicemail this is exactly what Lindy does here which is you know just oh it's so sad and then to also consider the fact that (laughs) Carrie has to listen to that voicemail (laughs) I know this woman is dumping so much emotion and in trauma on this poor 15 year old girl just like i'm sad help me the only defense though that these people might have like because they're so slow to the punch here is that they are not um like lindy's not good at concealing her issues at a certain point if she was even remotely capable of concealing her issues they could have killed literally every person in Carrie's life and no one would have. Yeah, no, that's the thing is she really isn't. She's very uh she's just 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 crazy. No no real no real plan. Um so then, you know, basically oh, then after that we see her grab like a gun from the credenza in her house. Um tiny, tiny tiny gun <laughs> um quick scene that's inconsequential to me even though it fixes this is where um carrie and her mom have the conversation and basically they're like i forgive you i forgive you too so 
let's move on from that because we don't, I don't think it's nothing relevatory comes from it. So at school the next day, Carrie's phone is being blown up by Lindy. Um, Savannah drives her home. And then that night, her parents present her with a cupcake and they sing happy birthday, even though her birthday is tomorrow. Basically, they just want a small celebration tonight so that they can, you know, celebrate her independently. And the next night she can go crazy at her birthday party. Um, and her mom gives I'm so jealous of this adorable little family shit. This is adorable. I thought that was like, honestly, I was like, okay, we're back on track. Like that is a very thoughtful thing. Her parents did to like, make sure that they had one-on-one birthday time before this party when she's going to be chasing after boys and stuff. Um, yeah. Finally a lifetime dad that doesn't creep me out. He's actually just completely wholesome and wonderful. Finally. You know what? Great point. Great point. <laughs> Cause like, even when they're not creepy characters, there's just something so fundamentally creepy about dads. Like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I share that distrust of dads for sure. Um, so she, what um, her mom gave her, what Kayla gave Carrie is a painting that she made of her holding her when she was an infant. And she says she doesn't have a birth photo, but this is as real as it felt. Um, And it's what would you call that? Are you an art person? What would you call that style of painting? I don't, I feel like that would almost be, Oh God, I don't want to use the wrong word. I don't know. I, I know. I have no idea. It was just really interesting. I was like, I've never seen anything like that before. I don't think. I mean, it's definitely like modern art. It's like, it's yeah. not, it's not an artful cartoon, but it's not like a, a very well done depiction either. So it's, I would say it's somewhere in between. And like, honestly, what I would call that painting is not very good. And <laughs> Like not there aren't, for, for a movie where someone's an art dealer and an artist, there's not a lot of very good paintings. Well, I mean, we love drawings on Lifetime. Like that is, we've gotten some of the best laughs we've ever gotten out of like artwork in Lifetime movies. So I have to say shout out to the art department for at least giving us the lulls, you know? Um, it's not as bad as the music in this movie so (laughs) that's true um so lindy's outside watching all this and she's talking to herself and she goes you're never gonna leave kayla well then i guess kayla's gonna have to leave you so we see marlo's at her house making a cup of tea and she's talking to the coach who's trying to win her back and i'm sitting here like of course like i think marlo's like such a dish like she's so great like why wouldn't you like chase her coach. I know you're like, I'm not happy that he's cheating on his wife, but I understand why he's pursuing her. He can't quit her. Um, so she's like, you know what? We should never have been together. I need to focus on myself. You need to focus on your kids. Um, and then she, you know, hears a noise somewhere in the house. So she hangs up and she starts looking through the YouTuber Sherman Oaks house. It's like, it's literally the exact same house. I think they honestly might have redressed the house that they rented for um the like the main house in the movie. They all look very similar. I I yeah. Like the same <laughs> staircase. Like that I, Yeah, the staircase and the open like windowy hallway. I don't yeah, it's yeah. Everything is very square. It's all it does all just look the same. Where <laughs> you're right. It's very square. So um, she calls out hello a couple more times, then Lindy jumps out of nowhere, tackles her. Um, she had that nun hat on again. <laughs> um it's like, why though? What this woman already did what she did. She's already she's not in your way continuously. She already did it. Leave her alone. Like <laughs> And you know, 
it, I think it is like, I think it might be a stunt double because like you never see like the hands or anything that might tell that it's not Lindy. I think that it, it very well could be the reason why you don't see it. Like you're getting this like weird nun hat. Yeah, maybe that actress just wasn't good at being intimidating in her stunts or something or didn't want to do stunts at all. I don't know. So Kayla... I guess that qualifies as a stunt? Not that... I don't know. Well, Lindy's like working in every single scene. So I'm sure there was just some scenes that it was easier to do without her. Because like yeah. she's... She does have a lot of monologuing, yeah. And she's definitely showing up like to hair and makeup two to three hours early. Oh, damn. So Kayla's wearing like a fabulous Mumu, which is like, you know, <laughs> a Mumu rather. I don't know why I said Mew Mew. I can't really talk. <laughs> Isn't that how it's spelled? That's how it's spelled, right? Like, <laughs> I think that honestly, I just like at a certain point, my mouth quits a little bit, um, especially if this is my first time talking out loud today, which it is. Um, but she's wearing a Mumu, which is great because it's totally an outfit that I would want to be like kidnapped in. Like if I was going to be on the news or something and they were finding me, I'd be happy that that was my outfit. I mean, yeah. And it's, it's practical. You're comfortable, you know, depending on where your like tormentor is storing you. I feel like that is a great choice. If you're in like a dungeon or something, I would want a sweater, but um, yeah, Lindy basically bludgeons her as soon as she comes into work um, then leans over her body and goes, I wish it could have been different. So that night, it's, you know, party time. Charlie and Jason watch Carrie do the she's all that walk down the stairs. Um, and, you know, she looks great. And he says that, you know, he's going to let Charlie take her to the party because Kayla isn't there yet. She's running late from work. Um, and so why don't, you know, they'll they'll go to the parents will go together. Kids go ahead first. And. Um, he gets a text from Kayla, like right as he's saying that. And she says, you know what? I'm running late. Go to the party without me. I'll come and meet you there. I would already be nervous around this. Like I would think that, you know, she paid two grand for a party. I know she's got her big thing coming up and Shonda's now out of work, but I was a little bit like, oh, I would have thought you would have even made it home an hour early like you wouldn't be running late from the gallery i i'm my anxiety is too high to like take a text like that and just be normal yeah the mom that kayla has been so far consistently has been there she's been there so she would want to be there taking a million pictures as her daughter walked down the staircase in that dress you know like Come on, guys. Yeah. Um, so, but that's that might be a guy thing, you know. Honestly, to not have that, ex- not notice, yeah. not notice shit like that. <laughs> like, oh, I don't know. Like, I no matter how long I've been in, like three, four year relationships where guys have still not been able to gauge how long it takes me to get ready. So, for all oh, I know, oh my god, geez, why is what? Oh, it's, anyway, it is a blind spot, and honestly, it might be in all relationships. It might be like even no matter who you date, they just never really like put too much thought into that i have been in this relationship we've lived together for over six years and we've been together on and off for almost 10 and it takes me a long time to get ready admittedly i take like all day i get up at the right time and i get ready and i i mentally prepare and i physically prepare but my partner will wait until I'm just like, okay, I'll be ready in 10 minutes. And he has just started getting ready. And I'm just like, you knew this whole time what time we had to leave. What is happening? Like, 
Dog, nothing makes me more mad than like when they're like, oh no, I'll get ready after you. And like, I'm, then I'm sitting there in like my dress and heels with like a full lip, like unable to like drink or eat because I thought we were yeah. going to get in the car in 10 minutes. 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Ugh. It may, it like infuri- it infuriates me actually. Like, I gave you a time. I literally gave you a time to be ready and you are. And so infuriating. Anyway, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm never getting married. I think like that decides it. Like honestly, just like the agita I experienced, like rem- remembering that, I got so angry. Um, <clears throat> People are annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the party's like you know bumping um, when Lindy gets there, and of course she's like click clacking away. Her heels are so. Um, it's like cellular memory, like heels on a sidewalk like that. Like everyone has it. And mm. I feel like um, <laughs> they're like lifetime is triggering us with that. But she's getting text, um, but not on her phone. It's Kayla's phone she has. And so she smiles to herself knowing that dumb Jason, you know, doesn't know his wife is possibly dead yet. <laughs> And then he's not even texting his wife. How long have they been married? What an idiot. Anyway. <laughs> I know. I should have paid more attention to what he was saved in the phone as. I think it might have just been Jason. But guys, that's a fun. That's a way to have fun with characters, just so you know. If you're writing a movie, give a character a kooky name in the phone book. Um, but yeah, so Carrie is... Um, not Carrie. Uh, Kayla's tied up at Marlo's house. So it turns out that this is now... Marlo's house is now where... Uh, Lindy's going to be stacking bodies. And so when she wakes up, she hears like a muffled noise and she doesn't know where she is. I wrote in my notes that I don't even know how she like registered that she wasn't in her own house as quickly as she did because it looks exactly the same. Um, Yep. But then Carrie gets to the party. Savannah gives her her crown and she's like, are you ready to slay? And and for some reason, I love that because it was like almost too current for slang in a Lifetime movie. Um, this was, you know, that's the being made in 2020 effect. Um, Kayla's still trying to figure it out, uh, find the muffled voice, um, in the place. And then it leads her to Marlo. Um, I want to play this clip just because the noise that the noises that Marlo makes when she's getting untied are, it's like a, it's like a child being woken up from a nap or something. She's so angry. When Kayla Kayla woke up, I thought. I heard a baby cry. So that's definitely accurate. Yeah. Yeah. There's something like a little like feral about the way, but I mean, you know, I've never been tied to an office chair for, you know, 12 hours. So I, I probably would be feral myself if I'm going to be honest. I think (laughs) I would mostly be concerned that I'd peed my pants and someone was going to see it. Um, And then after that, we're going to see a scene where Lindy busts a kid for spiking the punch bowl. um, And it, it seems like none of the right people have even noticed that she's there when you would think many people at the party at this point would be on high alert about Lindy's entire being. So, and also like the fired party planner probably showing up to the party might be a red flag, especially since she has a gun in her purse, you know, no big deal. Truly. Um, one seventeen fifty eight to one twenty one. Did she say why? She's crazy. We have to find my phone and call the cops. 
Excuse me, little creep. Give me that. This is Carrie's Sweet 16. And I'm not about to let anyone ruin it. So get out of here before I have you arrested for minor possession. Where are you now? That one's from me. Lindy! I almost didn't come, but I needed to apologize to you in person. I feel really bad about what happened the other night. I just wanted tonight to be perfect is all. Yeah, no, it's, it's fine that you came. Um, you put this all together and it's really, really nice. It means a lot. Well, I'm so glad you like it. <laughs> How's Cher? Oh, um, she's good. She misses you. She'd love it if you'd stop by. Yeah, um, maybe next week. That would be lovely. Go on. Open it. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lindy, it's... It's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I got it quite some time ago. It's, uh, priceless. Practically an antique now. Get out there. I'm excited to see the show. <laughs> you look beautiful. <laughs> wow. Lindy's crazy person laugh is so good. She, she's, this actress is really believably crazy. Yeah. Like, manic laughter is like, it comes from like a seemingly real place with her. And I, I appreciate that because it can be so badly done. Um, but okay. My number one takeaway from all of this is that Jason and I text the same where we slowly say the words out loud as we type them. Like, oh, wow. When he's like, where are you now? I don't know why I do it. I don't do it all the time by myself. In fact, I only do it typically when I'm like in the presence of another person and I like want them to get a sense for what I'm texting. Like, and poor Nicole Matthew, who is probably listening to this right now, our coordinating producer, I just want to personally apologize to her because I do it extra annoying where I will we'll be on Zoom together, just on audio. And then I'll be like, hold on, I have to text someone. And then she has to, and then I perform out loud. <laughs> I think because I'm, it helps me think like it helps me, my ADD, like be like, okay, this is this task. Like you have to, if you say it out loud, it's not breaking away from the first task, which was talking to your, I don't know what it is, but if I had to say, it's like this weird thing that I do to like keep me on track, but it's so annoying. Like what the fuck? Um, sorry, Nicole. 
do you not do that? Uh, the talking out loud, my saying my texts out loud thing. Yeah. Not no, actually, but only because I, my, my, I have this, I have a phone anxiety and it's based in talking. So like, I can't answer my phone around other people. Um, so it, that kind of goes hand in hand. Like I probably wouldn't, I'm like extra secretive about what I'm typing, even though it's never important that it's a secret. Like very weird. Yeah. I'm always afraid of seeming like I have a secret too. That's the (laughs) other thing is, um, Dude, I think I want to seem like I have a secret because I'm such a fire sign that I have zero secrets. I just tell everyone everything all of the time. So, <laughs> um, no, I think that I think that that's like um, that's something I admire about you. I would like to learn how to text while not talking out loud. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just realizing like watching him do that, like just so absentmindedly, it made me confront one of my own problems. So I will say thank you, Lifetime, again, for helping me grow as a person and reflect. You're just concentrating. That's just, you're just focusing extra hard. Uh, (laughs) Dude, I focus so hard. Um, So she performs her dance and it's just as bad as you would think it is. Like it's, it's good for them. It's just also bad in the context of Lifetime and Music is bad. I love the outfits, though. <laughs> yeah, they definitely like the outfits alone. I feel like could have been two thousand dollars. Like that's what I'm talking about when I say that this party, the fact that this party cost in any way two grand, is just unbelievable. Like I would the bar, the bar alone. It's like a ballroom. It's like a whole ass ballroom. Like it's like. <laughs> It's a nice ass party. It's definitely a step up from the Costco, you know, whatever those are, Keisha's. So um, after the performance, Carrie looks to the door and sees Lindy leaving. And she asks Savannah to keep the party going for her. And she'll be right back. So Charlie follows her outside. Then we go back to the Marlo's house where Marlo can't find her phone. Of course, it's gone. Lindy took it. Kayla says that, you know, she was the one who attacked Shonda at the gallery. And then right at that moment, as like they're finally like getting their bearings, Lindy comes bursting through the front door with her gun. Um, and she tells them to stay right there. Um, but they decide to hide in the kitchen. They make a run for it. And then we play like the longest cat and mouse game, like for something that's centered entirely around a kitchen island. It is impressive how long they ma- made this cat and mouse game go. Yeah, like she just chased her around the kitchen island four different times very slowly. Like, Lindy, I'm like, Lindy, you're standing in there kneeling. Like, you have 100, you have every advantage right now. Like, what are you doing? Um, but back at the venue, we find out Carrie, like, you know, she, she needs to act on her instincts. And she tells Charlie that she has to follow Lindy because she thinks um, she has her mom's phone. I don't know how she came to that conclusion other than she saw her, like, texting, but. If I felt like this crazy person who was banned from my party had my mom's phone, I probably would have cut the dance performance from the night. Oh yeah, I would have confronted her. It would have been like my mom is my mom is oddly missing. Like you hate her. What's going on? So um, you know, we continue this cat and mouse game, which is unbelievable. But Marlo and uh Kayla have gotten outside now. So they're on like the side of the house trying to figure out what the move is. And then at that moment, Charlie and Carrie get to Marlo's house and sneak around, but Lindy finds Marlo and Kayla through the window and she grabs Marlo by her whistle that she's wearing around her neck, which is like 
honestly kind of sweet um, because she was talking to her boyfriend when she had her whistle on. So like she was winding up. What was she doing with her whistle at home? She was like getting her nighttime tea. She was winding down for the evening and still had her whistle on. Cause like that's part of her. She takes dance seriously, you know? (laughs) And so um, she grabs her by the whistle and strangles her and you know, she kills her. Marlo's dead. And when Kayla sees this, obviously she's a mess because Kayla is like that bitch who never thought she'd see a murder. So um, let's play 125.49 to 129.24. This is where um, basically we're going to end the end the movie after that clip because it's just all fluff from there. Move. Lindy. Please, look what you did to Marlo. You're not a killer. No? No. Why don't you ask my dead husband about that? Or that lame-ass party planner you tried to hire over me? Sometimes we have no choice. If you fire that gun out here, the neighbors will call the police. Yeah, exactly. And all they're going to find is this gun in Marlo's dead hand with your body slumped over it. Lindy, that's not Marlo's gun. That's your gun. Wrong! It's yours. Or did you not check all the things I got petty cash for while party planning, huh? You know, it's amazing. You can get just the right amount of cash needed to get a gun on the black market. Which your glove box will confirm receipt of. And Marlo just barely got this gun away from you before you were left with no choice but to snap her neck with the rope on that obnoxious whistle. Hey, Lindy! you see? I am your mother. Yes! I am her mother. Carrie is my daughter. (laughs) See, I gave you up when I was 16. I didn't want to. It was right before my own sweet 16 and my mother made me. Ballerina snow globe that I gave you. That was the first thing that I ever bought you. And the only thing that I had left of you until I finally found you again. That's impossible. My husband, he had connections to the California birth records office, so I was able to find you fairly easily. But you told me you couldn't have kids. That's right, sweetheart. I can't now. Right before my husband died, I found out I have secondary infertility. So, Carrie, sweetheart, you, honey, are the only child that I will ever have. Lindy, she's the only child I'll ever have, too. She's my daughter, too. You need help. We can get you help. Let us help you, please. The only thing I need 
is my baby girl back. <laughs> Kayla! Charlie, are you okay? Oh, God. Are you okay? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Freaking Charlie, are you serious? Dude, Charlie, they literally, no one has done anything to help him. In fact, <laughs> there's two very like audible instances of ADR in this scene. And one is at the end there when she's finally acknowledging Charlie. That was like her line was swallowed or whatever, and they needed to get a new copy of that. But then the ADR for um, when they like, it was so bad that I'm dying to know what was originally written because like they had to cut to like the reverse shot of Lindy saying into my, into my marriage, I found out that I had secondary infertility. That line was like absolutely not finessed at all. Like whatever they said might've even been offensive. Sometimes I go there. I was just going to say they probably used the word barren or something like considered offensive in today's right like right. you know and like also <laughs> secondary infertility i would say is more zeitgeisty now and that like people are generally talking about fertility more um like outside of- yeah i've never heard that phrase in my life weirdly actually and i think that might be lifetime in a weird way like how they try to hijack a, a thing and they do a really half-ass job of it like the way that they did the <laughs> Uh, breast milk like situation like a lot of the stuff in that movie was handled very similarly to um, the way that secondary infertility is handled here where they're just trying to use a buzzword so that someone who knows what that is feels smart or clued in I don't know if I had to guess I feel like that might be like why they I don't know I would love to know what the original version was it's just a, a really weird scene anyway. So <laughs> they were just like, let's just uh, cobble this together however we can. <laughs> also, where did the snow globe come from? Right. Oh, um, okay. Charlie, when they left the party, Charlie said, do we need a weapon? And she grabbed the snow globe. Oh, okay. Because I was like, <sighs> is that like supernatural? Like that the snow globe, is that like a... It was always destined to kill her, so it just showed up. Like, <laughs> right? Okay, I didn't even realize that that's what she hit her over the head with. Which is, yeah, I mean, talk about poets. Super dark. Yeah, yeah. Like, I bought this for you when I was a pregnant sixteen-year-old, and now you're murdering me with. And it. now her adoptive mom is like, and I'll take you out of this world, bitch. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I, so sad. I um, I will say though, watching Jason, Kayla, and Carrie like. Carrie's still holding the gun. Jason hasn't disarmed her or like told her to put it down. This like child is holding a gun and running towards her boyfriend with it. (laughs) Are you okay? I know Jason is like, like has his arm around each one of them. And they're all just like staring at this moment of her passed out on the ground or dead on the ground with the snow globe next to her. Literally, can someone go tend to Charlie? Like, just be like, okay, we're going to like, you know, put this on your wound. We're going to call 911. Like, there's there's at least two dead bodies back there. And these three idiots 
two of which definitely have a cell phone, don't pick up the phone and call 911? Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. No one cares about poor Charlie. So, um, yeah, one month later, um, we see Shonda is showing people the gallery and making sure that they're having a blast. It's their big opening for new artists. And um, Charlie gets there. Apparently, he's fine now, even though he was definitely shot. And um, he, you know, sees the painting that Carrie made. Um, So Carrie's a painter now. She spent the rest of her semester making this thing. It's like a teal canvas with a deer feeding its fawn or doe or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Whatever it is, she's feeding it. Um, And it's next to the painting that her mom made of her in the hospital, which I have to say, it's really bringing down the gallery. Like, for the most part, I'm buying that this is a hip gallery. Those two paintings really throw off the exhibit. And they don't go together at all. They do not. And it does not fit the theme of the show. Um, And... Hopefully, Kayla's not a new artist. Um, so I don't know. But anyway, she goes, you know, mom, I think I got my artistic talent from you. So I guess some things maybe aren't biological, but they can still be inherited. And that's our lesson for this movie. I was really sad at the lack of um, something spooky or weird happening at the end. But what are you going to do? <laughs> I don't think I don't think they do it in the end of these ones. Like, I think. It's so sad, though, that the like the mentally ill person, I know she was a problem and, and a murderer, but did she have to die? Like, wouldn't it have been more satisfying if she had gone to prison miserably? And like, right. I don't know. Well, I mean, because like, you know, again, with Lifetime, they play to all of the women almost always. So like there is always going to be someone at home that heard that speech at the end from Lindy about how she had to give her baby away right when she was, you know, about to turn 16. Her mom was like very hard on her. She lost a lot of her childhood because of it. Uh, Right. Finally make us sympathize with her and then bam. And I'm sure there are people at home who are like, oh man, like, you know, when you put it that way, um, there's something for everyone in these movies. And so I think like even her, you look at her and you're like, well, she's another victim of being a woman in America. Like that's sort of always the, like the tone of these movies is like all women are victims. We just come in like our victimhood in different ways. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I have to say that sometimes at the end of these sort of more crazy ones, I appreciate the little like cute button on the end of these movies where it's like, and even though we just went through that insanely traumatic experience here, we all like are just laughing together. Like it's <laughs> because we were rich white people and we will continue to be rich white people. Yeah. Right. It's like <laughs> the way law and order never ends on like a happy note. It's like the way murder she wrote always ended on a happy note. Like, We're we're all at the gallery laughing it the fuck up, baby. Um, So that was that movie. Uh, Thank you so much, Fox, for picking it out. What did you have any like final thoughts on all of this? Final thoughts. I don't know. Just that really just that Cher and Dulcie were the standouts, really. And I mean, that one sad teenage 
uh, I'm adopted speech was pretty good, but yeah, Cher and Dulce were definitely the highlight of this movie for sure. I would say with Shonda having her moments as well, despite being a terrible person. And of course, Savannah <laughs> was just untouchable. She's fabulous. Um, but you know, I will say that if this is a perfect movie to do off season, because I think this is a movie that would be, just it wouldn't land high or low on the scale. It would be just that perfect right. like middle movie, middle of the road. Yeah, not like anything redeeming about it. There's something so much worse about it. So, um, yeah, dude, thank you so much for coming on. And do you have anything that you want the nacho experts to know about? <laughs> well, I do just want to say thank you for allowing me a complete nobody to do this. This is really cool. This has been my favorite podcast for a really long time. Like, I love the concept and I love the content. Like, I know a lot of people don't love long podcasts, but I have a really boring job and I listen to podcasts all day at it. So I really appreciate it. You've really gotten me through these last couple months big time with this and please advise. Girl. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I have to say, dude, like you're great on mic. I was thinking when you said you had phone anxiety that you're very good on mic. So I'm totally happy that you came to do this. And also... I do want to say that I desperately want a podcast. I just don't have like... I don't want to do it alone and I don't really have friends. I'm bad at making friends. So um, I like, I have a million ideas for podcasts. So if anyone in the Western Massachusetts area wants to do like a gossip girl podcast or a Degrassi podcast or something, or even a 90 day fiance, I know there are all these podcasts, but they don't do them the way I want them to do them. I'm so very specific. I want you to start at the beginning. I want you to do every episode. I want to have access to every episode. <laughs> Like, it's got to be in a row, in chronological order. Um, I've never seen the last episode of Gossip Girl, so I've always wanted to do a Gossip Girl podcast where I don't know the ending. Is there a reason why you didn't see the last episode? Literally just for the podcast that I don't have. That is so funny. So did you watch it when it was on the air? No, I did not. Okay. Um that so that helps too. I had a friend who was obsessed with it in high school and I never really got it and I used to make fun of her for it. And then literally just like two or three years ago, I was like, Why I love garbage television. Why don't I watch this crap? And it did not disappoint really. Dude. Um but I still don't I still don't know who Gossip Girl is. Why? I you have all my guests. I've never seen the show. I want it to be Rufus. I don't know how you don't I know who Gossip Girl is and I've never seen that show. Well, I'm worried that I know now because the internet has spoiled it, but because of um, that recent amazing Netflix show that made us all fall in love with a psychopath. <laughs> you? Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, girl, so what was I going to say? Have you ever seen Pretty Little Liars, though? Oh, of course. That's like, that's the best show that has ever been made. And I will... I will obsessed. <laughs> I understand that that's a gigantic statement I just made. And you know what? In a, in a different way than Degrassi, I, I mean, I think I mean it. I think at the end of the day, right, I like, really mean it. Degrassi and Gilmore Girls are both up there for me, but yes, you're 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 not wrong. I hate Gilmore <laughs> Girls, I hate it. Oh no! Okay, well, well no, oh. it's just like that's what people thought my life was. Like people thought my life was like, oh, Boston, right? Well, right. No, because I had like a young single mom. And like we basically, oh, yeah, Lorelai was cool, yeah. And like you know, my grandparents were a massive part of my life. So I think like as soon as I saw Gossip Girl, I was like, or 
sorry, Gilmore Girls. I was like, oh, I'm like, it's over for me. Like, I'm going to be hearing about this show for the rest of my life. And it's true. People will be like, oh, it's like a Gilmore Girls thing. I'm like, no, it's not. Like, my my life was real, bitch. Like, <laughs> did no, not like, take no. place in some... I didn't go to Yale. Sorry. Uh- <laughs> no. Um, but anyone does want to do a Gossip Girl podcast, I am on Instagram at my parents don't like me either. And uh at, on twitter at queer underscore nightmare and i also just want to fawn over you quick for a quick second not too much not i don't want to be a too creepy You're but so like max from two broke girls was i don't want to say life-changing that's way too far obviously it's a it's a sitcom but she was she really spoke to me she was like one of the first people on television i saw and i was already obsessed with kat dunnings so it was like that was a, a really good character for me. So I just want to say thank you because I feel like you were largely responsible. And <laughs> I would say Michael Patrick King and Whitney Cummings would really argue with that. But uh, well, of course, but but you were I, I don't know. N- listening to your podcast, I'm just like, I see I hear some Max in there. There's some Max in there <laughs> for sure. For, oh, no, for sure. I'm I'm you know what I have to tell you, I can't really stand by like too much of like what happened on that show. Cause like I, especially I'm now I'm like, Oh my God, that show is just like, I mean, I always knew that like our, some of our jokes were just a little too like on the edge of like cool for me, like the anything racial, especially like, I don't know how we necessarily got away with that without being called out more, but. Oh, it's a, it's a network sitcom. I'm sure it was horrible. I haven't rewatched it, so I don't know. <laughs> but but yeah. when I was growing up and watching that on TV, I really loved it. But so. Kat Dennings is the fucking best. I also was a massive fan of hers before. I was like, I love Nick and Nora's so much. Like, that's like one of my top movies. So even before that, she was my favorite character in that Hillary Duff movie, Raise Your Voice. Oh, that is that is a deep cut. Oh, she's so good. Um, you you have a crush on me? That's stupid. Like, <laughs> but um, girl, what um, what was I gonna say before I let you go? Oh, I'm gonna just tell you guys as just like a cautionary thing, and I'm gonna like I'm not saying this to cock block your podcast, but like you might really want to um take a beat before you start a podcast because it is a little bit of a business endeavor before you start a podcast with a stranger on the internet like oh no for sure oh well i just do everything with strangers on the internet that's been my my whole life kind of so (laughs) yeah i just yeah no i trust i mean i don't want it to be i don't expect to like become you or someone who is good at podcasting i just want i just want to talk about tv with someone really so listen i'm not i don't first of all i like don't i wouldn't think anyone would want to uh be me but i I'm just I as a general as a, person who's, Trust me. Who's, as a person who's uh started many businesses with people she's met on the internet I will say just uh make sure you know who you're talking to um but yeah, I wanted to be someone in the area because it's like a really cool area you know I, I could probably trust someone and it's called lesbianville USA in the 90s so I'm pretty sure western mass <laughs> baby yeah. Well, it was so good talking to you. I look forward to being in touch with you for as long as we know each other. And you're wonderful. You, this was a great episode. And you are not random. You are uh, the perfect person to talk about Lifetime with. Any, like, literally almost anyone is, but mostly the nacho experts are very clued in. So I trust you guys. Yeah, I just, I love the medium and I love the podcast. So yeah. <laughs> you're awesome. Thank you so much. Have a good night.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.